0: Today, I've got Wildman co-interviewing Anne, who was in the police for six years and is an intersex person. So before we get into Anne's story, could you just explain what an intersex person is, please? Well, an intersex person in the past we used to be called
1: hermaphrodites, but the term has gone out of fashion now because it used to mean people used to imagine someone with both genitalia and vagina. And a penis, but that's a fallacy. That's very, 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 very rare. So in my case, all that it means is that when I was born, they didn't know at first what sex I was. They couldn't work out, and then they realised I was basically male, but I had a womb as well, which caused a few issues when I was going through puberty. And that's basically what. I uh, it. An intersex is just anyone that physically shows attributes of both genders. Both sexes, should I say? Not How genders. common is that to have
0: attributes of both?
1: It's. I don't know what the statistics are, because you see, it was always a taboo. You never know, spoke about. It's like, I mean, I'm fifty-four now, and I only started talking about it when I was fifty. And because it's a different world now, people are more accepting. But I used to always say, "Oh, I'm just gay." Or people would presume that I was transgender, which I'm not. I'm not transgender. I've got no intention of uh, changing
2: my gender at all. You'd never need a partner, though, would you? You'd just shake yourself. Oh, hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be interesting, well, It'd be very interesting.
1: Yeah, but there's a the thing that uh, people did presume that you were physically both, a split between the both things. Yeah. You're not, you know. You're either... Actually, more often the person's more female and it's just that the clitoris has grown into a penis or what looks like a penis or in my case it's just that you're a male that's been born with a womb as well which when I was going through my puberty a teenager that's when I learned something was wrong because I didn't know my parents kept it from me and I just started feeling very uncomfortable here very yeah. uncomfortable. And I started realising it I was starting to flesh out on top. At what age? Well, you're talking about 13. So, so, and then one day, in total agony, I thought I had appendicitis. I was in absolute agony with my um, stomach. So they rushed me into hospital. And that's when I found out because the wound was starting to mature. And that's what caused the problem.
0: So was that a shock?
1: It was. <coughs> I always knew I was different. I always knew there was something different about me. Because, Were people bullying you? No, well, they didn't know I was, as um, I say, intersex, but they thought they always thought it was gay. So when I was <coughs> younger, it was very difficult. Now, because I had to take testosterone to offset this, um, when I was younger, you'd struggle to work out, is that a male or a female yeah. I'm looking at? So it was more obvious. when, But people just took it, and I used to say, yeah, I'm gay. And it's only recently that I've come out in the last four years and said no. I always look at Adam's up. apples, but that's not always the case, is no, it? No, no,
0: no. So where were you psychologically when you were in the hospital with the womb? Well, it was
1: a shock. Was, and, and then they said, hermaphrodite And I'd always thought of hermaphrodite i said the classic thing, both sexes are complete divide. And I said, but I said, I'm not. They said, no, they said. And then they explained to me, they said, it's not. Quite like that. They said, that's in the fairy books. They said, that's a complete divide between the two. But it was very, very, very much taboo. And when um, some family members found out about it, oh, I'm telling you now, Sean, sure, no wonder it was taboo, because I was
0: treated like an absolute freak. Well, what about the conversation with your parents first? How was that? Were well, you born like That was your fault. Well, my parents were fine.
1: This is, it. And even though my father was a big scouser, a big tough scouser, he always he never once called me or slagged me off or yeah, and he'd always stand up for me if anything happened. So he was very good that way. Because when I was, I say, going through my teenage years, I was very effeminate, very effeminate, and then you had the gender benders by George and all that. And I went for a big star. I used to be walking around with miniskirts on and the makeup out. <laughs> so, but he never um, disowned me or anything like that. But I got trouble from people that I lived around. What did they say? Well. It was just, no, that's say They didn't know it was intersex. They used to just be, no, calling you the um, homophobic names and stuff like that. That's all they'd be calling you. But now it's much, much easier. People are talking about it on the internet now. You can come out with the, it's wonderful. I wish I was young now. I really, really do, because people are getting more aware of the different forms of sexualities and the different forms of the human condition and psyche.
2: So back then you do not suppose, just cover all questions, you'd just say, oh, I'm gay, wouldn't you? Yeah,
1: I'd just say I'm gay, because they used to... They knew I wasn't,
2: um, you know, straight that way. Yeah.
1: So they used to... Um, I'd just say, oh, yeah, I'm gay, that's it. It would be easier than have to go into a big explanation, and then they'd be looking at you. If you and if it did, on the very rare occasions when they did say to someone, no, I'm not uh, actually gay.
0: What was the worst discrimination against you in your younger years? I'd say the family,
1: literally. It, it used to be giggling behind the hands and stuff like that. And that really put me off. And at first I was, like, embarrassed about it. Then I got angry, very angry. And I've never spoken to them since, never, still to this day.
2: You expect it off school kids, you do not expect that? You don't expect it off, you don't expect expect ones, off
1: you? your family, especially when it's something that you can't. Yeah. I mean, it's like saying, oh, when you're free. That's say hush up. And that annoyed me more when people would say, Don't talk about it. They won't understand, don't talk about it. Now you think, oh, you know, what's all this about? That you have to stay hidden all your life, but it never impinged me, let's put it that way. I still got on and did Well, what that's I was good doing. though,
2: because a lot of people don't fucking, I mean, that must be horrific, really, to find out stuff like that. But still, I'd be able to go on. I mean, didn't you ever think, like, oh, you know what? What's the point in going on?
1: Not over that.
2: No. Not over that.
1: I was suicidal at one point, but it was it was more to do with what was experienced at the police, but not over that. And I very came very very close to it, but thankfully. And it was actually the police that saved me. Well, we're going to get to that. Yeah.
0: What was your sense of injustice, and like, what led to you wanting to join the police?
1: It was a mistake. It was a mistake. I used to work with the probation service with um, drug users on treatment orders. Not far from here. The old Titanic building. Why did you choose to
0: work there? Just it was a job.
1: Because I worked initially, if you want to go right back, I initially started training as a ballet dancer for years, many, many, many years. I um, did that for... And I just wasn't going to get anywhere. I wanted to be a star. I wasn't going to be a star. I just didn't have that. Capability in me. So I joined the probation service and it was just a job. That was it. I didn't know what real life was like then. I what was year the is theater. this? Oh, God, you're talking way back, sure. Way back. See, so I was 20, 24, I stopped the ballet and I worked in the theatre as a lighting technician and a dog's body as well for a long time. Then I thought, now I need regular income. So I got a job, say, with the probation service. It was just up, like an administrator doing court papers and all this, so I got all the knowledge of how courts work and oh, all yeah. this business. And it was good. I enjoyed it, but like everything else, things can start going sour in a workplace and everyone started leaving. It wasn't that there was anything bad about it. It's just people were leaving and I thought, well, if everyone's jumping ship, I'm going as well.
2: I'm following like the rats here. Here for a long time.
1: I thought, because something's going off here. I thought, yeah. something's definitely going off. So I applied for two jobs. I can't remember what the other one was. And the other one was for the Mayside Police. And I thought, I haven't got a chance of getting this. And I remember one of the nurses, she was a lesbian in the probation service. And she was dead funny. And she turned around and said, you'll get that. She said, they'll fricking grab you. So I said, what do you mean? She said, they're dying for your sort. She said, you'll take a few boxes, you. And it's true. It's true. <sighs> So anyway, I said, I said, I haven't got a chance of getting that. They won't take me I said, I don't know anything about the police, which I didn't, Sean. I knew absolutely nothing about the police. I was that daft. I thought that the low-rankers wore helmets and the high-up ones wore caps. Uh, I, think, I used to think like that. I thought that. <laughs> so I went for me interview. It got the interview and thought, oh, I don't know anything about this. But I wasn't planning on getting it. didn't research it or anything. And it became pretty Was interviewed by two people and one of them. I'll keep his name quiet, a chief inspector who came into the story later on. Oh, he must have regressed, taking me on. Um, I was in the room and he was kept on saying to me, what would you do if someone said something offensive to you? So I said, what do you mean? So he said, what What would you do? How would you respond? How would you respond? So I said, well, I've got tough skin. I said, oh, what name? I said, I'd either give them it back or I said, I'd just ignore them. Yeah, but what would you... And I realised and thought, so he wants me to turn around and say I'm gay. Remote, uh, no, he yeah. wants me to say I'm gay. That's what he wanted. He yeah. wanted the busway, and I thought, well, you're not getting it. I thought, I'm not saying it. So I just wouldn't say it. I avoided it, and he realised I wasn't going to say it, but it was obvious. I mean, I'm not daft, yeah. I can tell. So anyway, uh, I got the job, and I thought, oh, wow. this, uh, you know, grace of God. So then the training starts in Mather Avenue, and that was really good. I loved the training. The what training. did you have to do? Oh, you had to do also. You had to learn how to take statements. You had to learn um, conflict resolution. That was embarrassing. I know uh, if someone kicks off on you, you bring them under control physically. And uh, That was exciting doing that. You had
2: fingerprints and all that?
1: No, I didn't no. do anything like that. But um, the physical training, that was interesting because, of course, being in Bali for years, I was still flexible, you never lose that flexibility so when we'd be doing the um, exercise, people would be wetting themselves, they'd be like flouncing around the room yeah, the be, and I couldn't stop myself doing it, because they'd say, now do this and I'd do a proper plié in all yeah. down the room so that was exciting but I'd say the training was absolutely it. I found that, that was the best bit the training, and we had a wonderful name, Ian Grindley, he was absolutely brilliant I loved it, he was an old um, been with the force for years and he was really fun to be with but something very interesting happened one day and I was just out used to smoke then so I was having a cigarette and so suddenly heard this voice um, saying to me now my name back then was Terry and said "Teddy," and so I didn't know who the hell it was, This police officer standing there and so he said how are you doing, we trained so I said right," and Had a little bit of a talk, and he said, You know, he said, You know, you're best not speaking to certain people if you see things happening in the police force. So I went, I didn't know that. And so he gave me three warnings, and these three warnings have followed me ever since. And he said, One, never approach the Liverpool Echo. That was one. And then he said, Never approach any MP or councillor. And he said, Never approach radio, um, PBC Radio Mayside or Radio City because he said they're all deal striking with each other, the force and them. So I thought, oh, I'm all right, didn't even know why the hell he was telling me that. I worked out later on it's because I was so this, Sean, I was so green, I didn't know anything about the police. I used to just say it's so the sorry And of course, they were thinking, this is someone that just lapsed. And says so when he doesn't like something, what if he sees something in the job and blabs off? Yeah. What's going to happen? So that's what it was. But I didn't know what this deal striking was or what was going on. I didn't have a clue. So it ended me uh, oh, when I was in my train. We got a lot at the stations where we were supposed to go. And he said, oh, you're going to C Block in Admiral Street. Well, some of the people that were doing the train, they'd been with the police. For years, they were just doing a different job. And suddenly I heard, (sighs) knowing your heart sinks. So I said, Why are you going? (sighs) I said, What's wrong with that? And they went, Oh. And one of the women, she'd been in the radio control room for years. She pulled me aside. She she said, Be very, very freaking careful with that lot. So I said, What do you mean? She said, They won't take to anyone being different. She said, They've had problems. She said, I'm going to tell you now. She said, You're a guinea pig. Said the testing them with you, to see if they've changed the ways. So I said, "Oh, I said, I'm off for it." I said I don't. Well, the you
2: as well. Oh, Sorry.
1: exactly. Now this is where. So Put
2: It's like sort of. Hey, we're not racial. we live poor black. Say hey, we're yeah. not. We're poor Exactly. Kids. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like,
1: token. Token. And I always said that. And you know what the officers used to actually admire me for saying that. I'd turn round and I'd say, "Oh, because, all right, after me train had scored double top." I was joint top yeah. at the class, because I, I pick up quick and I did learn quick, so I was good at it when <coughs> I learned it. But when if you'd seen me that in that interview, I didn't have a clue. Now there was something like, oh, there's a massive amount of people went for the interview, and only a few of us were selected, and there must have been people much better than me, much better. I was under no illusion why I got the job. Yeah. So. um I say, I used to joke and I'd turn around and say, no, I'd say, I shouldn't have to work at all. I said, I'll just open the door. I said, when the public go <laughs> in and say, hello, I'm gay and close her again. He said, that's what I should be paid for. It's, it's true, true isn't it? But um, anyway, I got in there and, I, and it was great. At first, it was great. And I'm not talking about just for a few weeks. You're talking about for a good 18 months. It was great. I got on with everyone. There were a couple of warning signs. I thought, I don't. A couple of people, you always get them. You always get a couple of people you won't get on with, but you just have to get on with that. And also, you have to take on to on board as well. The police attract macho men. They do. And they have to, in a way. They have to have that balance because you can't have someone going up all... God forgive me for saying this. I'll get told i saying all all impressed with a big thug or something like that. You just can't have it. You've got to have these macho types. So you put up with that and you're accepted but there were some things I thought that's off I don't like that and I wouldn't even repeat some of the things that were said to me and I it was starting to gripe me and I thought that is rude because one thing I don't like I'm old-fashioned because of my mother in my ways I don't talk about anything like sex or anything like that or personal things that's not you don't talk about that in my world, and they embarrass me when people do it. And they were going on oh, very personal, and I'd say, Not your business, said, and um, oh, horrible things. So I started getting fed up with this, and then they realized that I was snapping back at them. I'd say, Look, I'd say, I know you have your banter and all that, but I said, You're getting very bloody personal. And I said, I'm not putting up with it. I said, I'm Not having personal questions. I said, I've never been so aware that I'm different. I said, Just when I'm coming into a gear journey was horrible it got to that point where i'd be going through the gates in the morning driving through the gates and my stomach would literally be away mm. from inside i'd be like what am i gonna get faced this time i just wanted to do my work deal with the public i didn't get want to get asked or told disgusting remarks sexual remarks about me thinking that's all funny so it got to the stage i thought i have to move now, as I say, there's only a few officers. It wasn't the whole block. Yeah. The majority of the block were absolutely. you have a union at the
2: time where you could have gone and said
1: the union. Oh, Unison were absolutely rubbish. I was with Unison, and I'll tell you about them. They're absolutely, totally rubbish. They don't do anything. They don't help in, And I'll tell you about their record of winning disciplinaries, which is telling about how they fight in that force for the uh, workers' rights. So, anyway... I thought I have to move because I thought I'm going to kick off. I thought I'm going to one day I'm going to blow up. And one of the officers I was going into business with, and he had his own little business and had me asked me to do some stuff for him. So I said, All right, so I'll do it. So anyway, they ignored me. I didn't get moved. So I asked again, said, Look, you're laughing <coughs> me be because I said, I'm fine. New. A bit off Putney, I said, I don't want to come into work. I said, having to worry about what I'm getting told. I said, I'm supposed to be dealing with the public. And one day, I did snap at a member of the public. I had to apologise and said, look, I'm sorry. I said, it's just been a stressful day behind there."
2: That's there, giving you fucking shit, Yeah, it?
1: just like that all the time. So anyway, it wouldn't move me again. Then, one night, I was in there. And if you'd seen me, I'd... I was just skin and bone. I'd, because if I get really stressed out, I stop eating. Yeah. I'm the opposite of most people I don't eat. And I sleep all the time as well. Well, I wasn't eating for weeks. I was just picking at things. And people were even saying, they said, are you all right? Because my collar was like out here. My neck was so thin. And I couldn't see it, but they could all see it. So I was sitting there on a night shift. And suddenly, this officer was going in to business with came in the room and i cracked a joke and it was just a simple joke and he must have been under stress i mean because of course a police officer's job isn't easy it's not shown it's a very stressful horrific job and he absolutely took off on me bad style. all the c's all the t's all this i thought who the hell does he think he's talking to so i said right said stop it right now I said, you're going too far, but he carried on, screamed at the top of his voice. So I thought, right, sod this. So I got up, saw me inspecting, said, right, I said, shove your block up your ass." I said, I'm going. I said, I've asked to leave, but I'll tell you what happened before that, which made it more um, obvious that it was all falling to bits. Before that happened, they were all on parade. Now, I used to go on parade. Now, before you think that parade is the marching up and down, and yes, and clicking the heels, it's not. Break, there's is literally a coffee break in the morning, in a room, yeah. and they're all gossiping, and then they get the area commanders orders to what the jobs are that day. Anyway, I used to go on it, then I stopped going on it because again, this insults come now all the time, and so I thought, right, I'm going to call up the lawyer, so I'm
2: being ignored. Well, did we a female coppers standing I stand up for you?
1: Oh, one of them. Were they the worst? <laughs> Most one was all right, but there's one horrible little one. Oh God. Horrible
2: little mate. And she used to be the dyke. She used to hear you.
1: No, you? no. She used to come in, right? Oh, and she was alright at first. It got to the point we wouldn't even talk to each other. We'd just blank each other for um, weeks. What annoyed me about it is, was she'd come in and she'd sit down. We used to have a table in, and my chair would be by the computer doing whatever needs to. And don't be sitting like that. And that's vulgar to me. Yeah. And I'd say, Do you mind? I'd say, Can you close them? I said, Have you got a pair there? I said, That's disgusting. I said, What? And the woman sits like that with her legs wide open. So she used to hate me doing that because I'd pull up and she'd have, and she'd come in doing this swag. She wasn't a lesbian, she wasn't telling now, she was straight to come, but she'd come in, now doing that, fitting in with the fellas. Say one thing about it, she never pushed away onto me, and I'll give her that due. She yeah. never pushed the work onto me, um, where others would. They'd say, oh, well, can you do this um, statement for us and all this? And I'd be off my head trying to get all the work done. But she never did. But she just, she, this is how we really go on the wrong side of each other. I always say, it's one of the funny stories to tell, where it really started going bad was I used to buy, now and again, cakes and stuff when... For the parade room, yes. people used to do it now. Again, I bet them cakes. Well, this fellow was going into business with, he kept on saying, oh, I'm on a diet. Oh, Scott, he didn't need to lose anything, but he used to go, on a dice. So I got him these sticky toffee, puddings, weight watchers. Got them. Next thing, I'm in the uh, office this day, and the sergeant came in to fold someone up, and he was too thick to realise that the speaker was on the phone. <laughs> so I could hear everything, <laughs> and he didn't know how to turn enough. And he was talking to another station keeper, and he said, "Oh, I heard that Teddy's after this officer." So I just looked at him. He said he bought him a cake. So I was looking at him. and he was like, "Oh, oh, aim, aim, aim. oh I have to go, I have to go and put the phone down." <laughs> He's like, yeah, 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 "Like that." So I said, I said "God, but I said he doesn't have a high opinion to him." I said I can have him for a sticky toffee pudding. I said, that's all. That- well, that was it then. It starts all going downhill and this female officer, she turned round and um, she was out on duty. She thought she was being funny, but the whole of Liverpool South heard this. Someone said something to her and she turned round and she said, yeah, like Teddy with this officer and I nearly died. I thought the whole of Liverpool South, Liverpool would have heard that because she said her over the radio. And the sergeant said, you better pull it. I said, she can't say things like that. I said, that's so embarrassing. Man. So I see her pulling her up and she's wetting herself laughing. He must have been telling her. You know, he's upset by what you said. So she came in the room and I just lost it. I said, how oh, dare you? And so she said, ah, said, what are you going on about? So I really gave her down. I said, don't you dare, I said, make jokes like that. I said, I don't come to work. I said, um, sexuality, I said, it's just thrown about. So that really caused it. And then I walked on to prayed and told them all straight to the face that they were all goons, I couldn't stand any of them, and I said I want to move, but they won't move me, but I said tell you what, I said, keep out my room I said, keep out my office, I said right, because I said, I don't want any of you in there because I'm fed up with you, so they didn't like that, that was like a smack on the nose them from a scummy little civvy as they'd see me so, then I walked out, I said, that night it all kicked off and I said, right, I'm gone I said, you would rather move me I said, I'm not coming back, end of it. Well, that's when the nightmare began. Horrendous nightmare. And got home next morning to a a chief inspector. The chief inspector who interviewed me for the job (coughs) and accepted me, he came down with this other inspector. And so I thought, no way they're going to interview me on my own. So I knocked on my neighbour's house and I said... Said, let them interview me I said I can't be bothered I said I'm on my own and they said not having them threatening me on my own so she said alright she come in she said I'll listen on the stairs so she stayed there and let them know that she yeah. was there and so they were all taken saying why did you walk out I said I'm fed up I said with the things that people said and so they said do you want to uh, make a complaint so I said no I said I'm not interested in making a complaint said I don't want to make an issue with this I said just move me I said I'm not getting on with them so anyway they, oh yeah, we'll move you, they went away. So I was called in CHR, Human Resources. And then I'm told You're being suspended and you're being arrested. God And I went, What for? Sexually assaulting police officers. So I said the name straight away, I said, Oh I said, Does he said that? And so I just said to him, I said, This anyway. Off his sticky pudding. No, this was because I'd walked out. He thought I was gonna put a complaint in about him, which it wasn't. I didn't even mention his name.
2: So to So he had sort of guilty about it to put no, one in on you first. To protect his own
1: ass. Yeah. He said I'd been touching him up. So he could say, you know, oh that's that's what was happening. Anyway, I turned round and knew it wasn't said straight away. And he said the fellow from HR. We've got, and I forget the way he said, he said in an weird way. We've got witnesses, not witnesses, witnesses. I said, I don't care what, witnesses. I said, you've got, I said, one, well, I said, I've got a pair of eyes in my head, and I said, I wouldn't touch that pig. I said, if you paid me to touch him, I said, no one will touch him. I said, he has to friggin' beg for it, which he did. So anyway, um, I thought, this went on for a year. I, I was getting paid by the taxpayer of this country to sit in my ass for a whole year. Anyway, I was interviewed under caution. And so I was that annoyed. I used to go in, never had my hair like this. I used to have my hair shorts, and it present as a male. nephew present as female. So I thought, Rice, I'll give you gay now. I thought, I'll give you something for your cameras. So I literally got my hair bleached, big pink stripe here. <laughs> and I mean, I had, I like went on, over the top. Went over top. And the funny thing was, I got these six inch heels. No cold dancing heels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a suit on. And so I went in with all this makeup. And it was the, <laughs> funn- hilarious. Well, it was the funniest thing going because I couldn't. I'd never worn heels like that. All wobbly as shit. I looked like Frankenstein walking in, trying to look grammars was like, <laughs> <black heels. laughs> So they were all trying not to notice, and that was the funniest thing. They were all like, Oh, no, nothing was strange with this clown, literally with eyelashes. out was here, and I thought, Yeah, I'll show, and it was really mincing as well, putting it on. So I went in, and the interview started, and it was absolutely, Oh, I'll never forget her, never forget the one that interviewed me. And she'll, I tell you now, I've got a funny feeling, she's going to be the next chief constable of that force. I've just got the feel. She is. She's corrupt enough to become the next chief constable.
2: <laughs> corrupt enough? I forgot you said good enough. Oh, corrupt <laughs> enough. No,
1: no such thing as a chief constable that isn't corrupt. Um, no such thing at all. So anyway, I was put through the And I start learning then. What has been said about me? Not just him. Another officer was saying that I touched him up and all that. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, God. I wish someone would have told me there was such and they were the ugliest ones off the
2: What are the size of these people anyway, they you like big men. Well no. Yeah. No.
1: If you saw them you'd think you wouldn't frickin' I say they'd have to, they'd pay, have for to pay for it. But yeah, the other yeah, yeah. one that said it, he, he was oh God. He'd been in um, a special for ten years, then became a regular. And he was a real misfit. And I used to say, one day, he used to get on my nerves because he'd come in the room like this. Talk, and really strange character and no personality. Mm-hmm. And so one day it's a joke, which I shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have done. He was going on about his girl. I said to well, him, have you got a girlfriend and all this? And I shouldn't have said this, really. And so we went to him. He went, yeah, yeah, I've got a girlfriend. So I said, let's see you. So He said, go on the phone. So we went, no, I haven't got it. So as he was walking out, I said under my breath because I didn't like him. I said, "Yeah, I said, a right hand in the Daisy magazine. That's the only bleeding girlfriend you've got, mate." <laughs> anyway, you must have had your in for me after that. But thank God he did make that allegation because that was the one that was um, proved to be a lie. Because what they didn't realise, he said, "Sorry about this. Sean starts to get a runny nose for some reason." Got um, some issues? Oh yeah, if you've got some, yeah. blink. So anyway, he turned round and he said that I'd gone up to him, and this female officer, the one that you sit with, like something like that, she backed him up, and said that I said, do you want me to do that up as rectum? And I said, what? I said, in front of her. I said, she hated my guts. I said, do you really think, I said, I'd put myself in the position? I said, to say that in front of her, I said, she would have delighted in running and snitching on me. I said, she would have reported that straight, so I said I'd be mad.
0: The um allegation was... But Anne oh, fingered the you. guy's bum. Oh, right. In front of the woman who was... No, not that I said what he like, not okay. that I had.
1: He said uh, So I thought, I said, oh, really? I said, I'd do that. As what man doesn't like a finger up the ass? Oh, God. But anyway, he says, <laughs> ignore him, that. Um, anyway, you turn around,
0: and Just what you would forgotten.
1: I, I remembered the day that that was, because it was Boxing Day, and he'd said it was Boxing Day. And I said, wait a minute. I said, there was a fella, an ARV, <coughs> no, an ARV, they're the armed officers, the ones with the guns. I said, there was an ARV officer there that day. And they said he was shadowing him. I said, remember that? So I said, get in touch with this officer. Anyway, they found out who the officer was. And the officer said, I was with him all the time. And he said, that station keeper never did anything that made me raise my eyebrows. And he said, I never left that officer. And I've got a gun. <laughs> I never let, so there was the proof. There were lies being told. Anyway, these allegations I was touching the other officer up. You've got to remember something. They've got pocket notebooks. I said, right, produce the pocket notebooks where he has put it down that I was touching them up. And I said, tell him to explain why he never went to supervision and told them that he was getting sexually assaulted on the job. Because said he must have been enjoying it, if it's true. said he must have liked it. Didn't they have cameras in there the day, back of the not day, in right? the um, stations itself. They have them on the Monday, front desk, but anyway, it was all rubbish, it was all total. Lies. Oh, obviously, yeah, but I but mean, they were. This is the interesting thing when it, my solicitor said, When I was being interviewed, he whispered to me when the officers went out the room, the interviewing officers, he said, She's just turned around and said to me, We want rid of him because that officer. Was with us for fifteen years. She said he's only been here for and months. She said we want rid of him. And there was another issue as well. I'd seen the officers one day with the phones, and I could they this hor And they were all looking at the phones. This fellow's phone, one this off officer's phone, and there was this horrendous screaming going on, Sean, sure, absolutely horrendous. And I thought, what the hell's that? So, and it was a pig, live pig being cut up with a, a chainsaw that they got off the internet, and they were laughing at it. So I said, Oh, that's sick. I said, I can't handle this. And some of them had porn on her as well. Well, I wouldn't have said something, but I thought, if I'm getting accused of all this, I'm going to crash you all up, you bastards. So I turned around and said, What well, during the interview to this female officer who I won't name, who will become the next chief constable? I know she will. Um, I said to her, I said, Well, they have porn on the phones and said, checked- Oh, well, I haven't got the authority to take the phones and check it. Now, that's very important that. Because not long before, an officer by the name of Paula Tomlinson, who was the first female ARV officer with the gun, she killed herself through allegations of bullying. And she said the thing, them watching porn and all this, and she swore that that's why she was getting bullied, because she'd reported them watching porn um, in the office. So she should have grabbed those phones off those officers and um, checked them out, but she wouldn't do it. So it was set up. I was to be the fall guy. They were hoping, and this is a mistake I made. John shouldn't have done it. I put my heels in. And I thought, well, I'm not leaving. You will have to push me. You will have to push me. I ain't leaving. So the next thing, the CPS dropped it all. They said, "We're not taking this case on." They said, "There's too much evidence against this happening." So the officer made the allegations towards me. Crafty to guess. Instead of waking. He was sent to another station when the investigation was going on. He's working in the shop, pulling a sickie, and they found out about it, so they sacked him on the spot, walked into the shop and said, you rather resign now? Or they said, never sacked him, they said, you resign? Or they said, so they wanted rid of him because they knew the first thing I'd do when I got in there was, say, right, arrest him. So
2: he's getting paid Rest for him. being a police officer on the sickie Oh,
1: yeah, he's on the sick. So... He left, but he still should have been arrested. And this, how evil and nasty I was, I could insist on they were um, all arrested because they provided false statements. That was obvious, they'd made lies. They're thick
2: as fuck, because they couldn't even get the false statements. Fucking right. They couldn't, you yeah. think two police officers in no to do false That's statements, it. for God's sake. <laughs> so, oh, <laughs> <Can well>,
1: they're <laughs> not. This, you know, when people think, oh, police officers are dead intelligent, they're not. God. They're not. The more it is they get confident. And I said this about my experiences with Mayside Police, I said, you get too confident in your own abilities. And I used to be, a to end up, and I used to, the PSD, that's the professional stance department, the Blue Meanies, they had the beaten heart of corruption in a police force. They're the ones that are supposed to stop the corruption, but they cover it up and they maintain the bullying and all this. And I used to say to them, I'd say, go on. I'd say, I'm waiting for it. I said, I know you're going to jump before you even think about it. I said, and I'm waiting for you. So I used to be always be one step ahead of them because I'd be waiting for the next hit. Because they want me out for you. So anyway, they turned round. they said, right. They said, eh, if you want to go, they said, we'll give you a good reference. So I said, well, you can't do that. I said, that's lying. I said, according to you, a serial sexual pest. I said, he touches on police officer. I said, you can't get me. I said, you could be sued by me next employer. I said, if they find out. I said, you're not going to lie in a reference. So they knew then I wasn't budging. I was going yeah. to stay. So I couldn't go back to Admiral Street, which I wasn't upset about. So they sent me to speak.
2: They couldn't, ask, they couldn't technically sack you for over anything, could they?
1: No, no, they couldn't do anything. So I went to speak. And that was a completely different station, because Admiral Streis, Admiral is rapid response, and it's all full on. Yeah. Actually, it actually was better, because it is full on, and Evans exciting there. Everything's really exciting there. But Speak was quieter. I must say that Speak people were the best people to deal with. They were the easiest, they were the most rational, even if they could come in and knock. If you were fair with them, and you told them the f- facts and told them what was what, they'd be happy and go yeah. away. They wouldn't aim. So that was the best place to work. But by that time, I was getting... I I wasn't playing games with any officers. So it was on my guard. And there was all kinds of rumors going round about me and all kinds of, oh, hear me, this, that, the other. Even though I was the one that was arrested. No, I was the one that had the lies told about me. I was the one to be avoided because I was a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. I never rolled back and said, yeah, go on, just do me over. Do me over. So anyway, it very uneventful day but then this day I was in the office late night and this officer came in and he was alright this officer and I thought he was gonna cry. He was that red in the face and yeah. his eyes. I thought he's gonna cry he said, no when you feel what do we do here? So I said he said you're alright and these were sweats and sorry about this swearing, but he said I'm fucking fed up with this. I said, What? He said, fucking covering up for Peter Files. He said, I'm fucking fed up. And he was raging. It wasn't that he was going to cry. He was bouncing. He said, I'm going to get fucking on there now, onto this niche. And he said, they're going to fucking block her again. And what it was, he calls a counsellor, cruising in the air again with a young boy. And he said, this boy was about 12 or 13. He said, we've called him several times. And he said, he always says that this boy is his nephew. But he said, yeah, the nephew doesn't know anything about his uncle. He said, "We know what he's getting up to in his car." He's a counselor. Counselor, anyway, um, and then I learned what was going on on niche. He said, "What it is he said, we put it on niche," and he said, there's loads, of them. loads of them." And he said, "What they do is said, when we put it on niche, it's a huge database." I'll just explain it to you. And um, does any it, does it stand
2: for anything? Is that national, like national? Such I've such.
1: never worked out what it is. It stands for something, I think. But sometimes they have words in the police and they don't even stand for anything. It's just a word they come up with. Yeah. But um, the Home Office can open it up. And the important thing about Niche is any time, no matter how insignificant it is, <coughs> a police officer has any contact with a member of the public or anyone, they put it on Niche. Now, you can never alter Niche and you can never delete it. So it's nothing you can go in and say, right, I'll just alter that or go over it. It's there. And that's the important thing about it. And they call it the Pandora's box in every station. Because if you open niche and put someone's name into it, you'll find out every concern about them. Because, see, people think criminal records checks are safe and that's all you need. No. That only tells you if you've been caught and prosecuted. It doesn't tell you whether you're suspected or whether you've just been looking and got away with it. You know, that's what, the, it doesn't tell you so where you Niche You could have goes. Being
2: like, at 10 previous, but I just got away with it.
1: Yeah, that's it, where Niche lists it all, lists yeah. it all. So, and I could get onto Niche, but you couldn't, let's put this, I couldn't just go on and put someone's name in, no one could, because I'll give them this, if you ever put in someone's name into Niche and didn't have a reason for doing it and put the reason down, straight away to have um, the PSD on you, why did you, open? same with him? Um, what they call is car details, yeah. VRMs, if you put a registration place in there and you didn't have a good reason for doing it, they'd be right down and you'd be sacked like that.
2: So say, like for instance, uh, like you or someone you knew were going to buy a car and they said to you, hey, will you do us a favour? Can you check whether it's like stolen or not?
1: No, can't do that. No. Can't do it because the minute you do it, they'll want to know why. And what you can do is you'll get numbers wrong. And then it would come up with actually someone different and you'd have to put a big exclamation Look, I was putting this and you better make sure that those two VRMs or number plates match or similar for the mistake to happen. Because it's to stop people, because what they were doing, apparently, and this is why they came out with this, and they are strict on it. yet license plate and all that, it is really um, it's safe with the police. Day De- agencies used to give um, officers backhanders for finding out where people had moved to. By the car, and that's why they did it. They stopped it. So they are very, very strict on that. I'll give them that. And it's the same with Niche. If you go into and put anyone's name in, it stops them being blackmailed as well, because you could go in and get all the data on them. But you hear from officers who's on there and what they're on there for, they tell you. So then I remember the warning was given. So everything went smoothly. Nothing was going wrong. And the next instance was a. I will name her. Not, not saying anything bad, I can't, can't say. Someone you've met, Pat Gallen? Do you remember when you were being the Oxford Uni, The black police officer. Very high up, the highest police officer in the country, Pat Gallen. At the
0: Oxford Union?
1: Mm. Oh, yes. Yeah. about Wasn't he talking about drugs or something like yes. that? Well, she was an assistant chief constable there. And um the IPCC, the Independent Police Complaints Commission, are just, and that was told you, Paul Thompson, the ARV, who killed herself. Well, the force denied it, denied it, that she was being bullied or anything like that. Anyway, the IPCC turned around and said, no, there's a macho culture in the force, they said, which has to be addressed. So, anyway, she came out with this big statement about, oh, poor Paula, we can never have this happening again. After they were saying that they never did it and suddenly they're all sorry and it's all hearts and violins. Anyway, they came out with this thing. This is sick. They came out with the True Team and it's still there, the True Team. And what the True Team was set up for was to ensure that no other officer who's facing problems will ever be bullied or they'll be cared for, they'll be carried through. And we all looked on it and seen whose names were on it. And we said, oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. This is going to be a bleeding set up, this. Anyway, it was. They turned around and they sneaked in there. Any senior officer that was accused of bullying, homophobia, racism, anything, they couldn't have the rank taken off them. Now, does that sound like they're being concerned about it? And this was the killer. HR, Human Resources, could block any grievance issued by an officer. Overnight, <laughs> overnight, <laughs> overnight, complaints vanished off the system because HR were blocking them. Blocked, blocked, blocked. Now, I say complaints, but you can't actually make a complaint as an officer or a member of staff. You can only issue what they call a grievance. A grievance, you can't make a complaint. You can only put a grievance in. So overnight, they were all blocked off. So if anyone did get suicidal and wanted to complain about being bullied, guess what? It wouldn't appear on the system because HR had blocked it.
2: It should have gone to, like, an independent person. All that should go to the independent person and then they can source it out.
1: Well, no-one's interested Remember when you were talking to him, um, John, and he'll tell you this, and lots of police whistleblowers will tell you this, no one's interested. They all say they are. They're not interested. They don't give a damn. They just, I've been everywhere, everywhere, about all that went on, and no one gives. I've been to the Home Office, the IOPC. I've been to MPs. I've been to um, Prime Ministers. They don't care. They don't care. They're not one but interested. So anyway, the next stage there, that um, caused trouble for me was there was this religious thing, and I shouldn't have got involved, I shouldn't have, but it was just um, I really suspicious of it. There was this religious organ, they got a, that was it, a false pastor, they got like a priest. Well, I don't know if they a priest something like that, but a pastor he was called. And I just turned around and said, Oh, I said, What's going on here? I said, it's not a bleeding church. I said, it's a police force. I said, you're supposed to be secular. and so not supposed to have um, any religious dominate, um, agency or whatever you call it. So, because long story short, I um, opened my mouth to the echo bar. And I said, oh, I said, we'll be calling them sister and brother now. I said, when we're going in there. And they had this big event, this same um, thing called River Force. That's what I thought. Nosy. You see, this is sometimes I just walk into trouble. I just walk into it, and so I can't really complain too much because I put myself right in the position. And I thought, I'll have to go and see this. So I went, and I was absolutely horrified. It was like all this business, you know. Like, now, I'm not against religion or anything like that, officers doing all this, but it's what was said there, Sean. It was very disturbing. And it was things like, God has put senior officers in this place. They were born to do it and all this business. And this actually appeared on the internet. It's been taken down now. And I thought, what's this cuckoo stuff about them being put there by God? So I was doing this all the time because they were filming it and I was doing that. And so they realized Satan was in the room. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> that was it. This big thing went around. It was, it, it, there's something about it. He's a Satanist or this business. He was sitting there and he was pulling face. I wasn't pulling face. I was just doing that because he didn't want to film with me. Yeah. And I was made quite clear when I was walking out that room that I wasn't wanted. Quite, Oh, you could feel it. It was like electric. You could feel it. So anyway, I said, oh, I said, you can't have this. said, evangelical Christian. I said, where's the other ones? I said, where's the um, Hindus? I said, where's the Jewish ones? I said, where's all this? I said, you can't just have one. So they had to make it multi-faith, and they hated me for that. They hated me because these officers believe God has put them there especially. And if you go into Admiral Street, or any of the stations, you'll see a filing cabinet somewhere. And if you go in the bottom one, you'll see loads of Gideon's New Testaments, which they hand out. Oh, you know, here we are, here we are. And I, So my thing about it, Sean, was these people are so corrupt, these senior officers, are so corrupt. There's no way you can let them get away with thinking that they can do anything they want because God condones it. And that's what they were doing. God was condoning what they were doing.
0: And was God condoning covering up the paedophiles?
1: Uh, Well, that's what they think. See, this uh, I've always said, and I'm not the only one that said this. To get to that position. The brain
2: themselves of leads thinking that they're better than what they are.
1: The sociopaths are best and psychopaths, because people think psychopaths are going around killing people. They're not very, very, very rare for a psychopath to want to kill anyone. It's just someone that doesn't have any empathy and is living in the head. All that they can see is what they want yeah. and what they need. And to become a senior officer, to get beyond chief inspector, you have to be willing to stand on anyone and do anything to get there. Like, sure. Yeah, got it, you went. So anyway, (laughs) they got there. That's how they get there, by being rice rats. And they proved that. So this idea that, oh, you know, Mike Vale and all this is a good plea because he spoke out. He's another one that goes on about Satanists. Load of rubbish. He would have got there. As I I have these two sayings, which I always say, like promotes like, saints don't get promoted in hell. If something's corrupt, they're not going to promote someone that's an angel that will out them. They're not going to. They'll only promote who will keep it going that way. And they are very corrupt police forces. So, anyway, um, that happened. And then.
2: The devil got corrupted, didn't he? He was a fallen angel.
1: I don't know. I never, I never looked into it much. I just live my life and think, well, I'll find out. I didn't know
2: that because I'm not religious at all. But when I was in prison, the only way to get to see other people, I'd go buy Bible studies and stuff like this that. This is
1: what they do. They do in mental hospitals as well. Do you want to see the pastor? Do you want to see the pastor yeah. and all that? And it's like, well, why don't they have others? Just that one. I'd say go to Buddhism. If I was going to go anywhere, to would go for the Buddhism way of doing it. But anyway... I thought we'd given you free food. Oh, I'll tell you something. Remind me to tell you about the mosque as well. There's something came out on that that was absolutely horrific about this, um, you know, bent on being evangelical Christians, which was very, very disturbing. But um, anyway, the next event that happened, I'm waiting until you hear this. You think the first one, am getting accused of touching people up is Badge. And I'm trying to think, you know, because that much happened. I'm saying, so how did this kick? All that I can remember happening was it was just after Riff Falls and all that and I'd said, you have to make it multi-faith. I said, you can't just have the evangelical Christian said running around. I said, I said, nonsense in your head about being put here by God. I said, such nonsense. So anyway, next thing I met this officer and she's well known, so I won't say her name, but she's in this thing called the Gay Lesbian Support Network. And I'd always had a bad image of her because when I went to her for help, she did nothing. She did absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Anyway, I mess her in um, headquarters.
2: The last guest we all was in that. Well. Wasn't she? The last guest said she was the head of that. She did, yeah, she was in it. Yeah, Maggie Oliver. Yeah.
1: Well... Which one did she work for, my girl? Manchester. but Manchester Manchester has a very record. Very record, but Macy's side. I mean, I can't. Well, people know Tracy O'Hara, that's a name. She's well known. Tra- well, she's well known in the force. She's oh, did not, they have one know. for
2: each force? Like, I yeah. thought it, No, they have one for each force. And is she's there the any gays in the force then? I don't, think, I don't think there'd be that many gays in there. There
1: isn't. Do you know these things, right? This is what I've always said. And she said, there's, uh, actually, no, I don't know whether it was Tracy who said it oh, or it was Stephanie. Stephanie was much nicer than Tracy, I must say that. Tracy is a career person. She wants to get there. So she won't. Uh, it's just very muddy about it, but I don't like her. I don't like, she knows I don't like I know
2: most of the lesbians work in gyms and work in lesbians. What it is,
1: you'll go into a police force and you'll be falling over lesbians. Yeah. You'll be falling over them, tripping over them. But if you try to find a gay man, you'll find it very, very hard to find anyone like that, or transgender. And there's reason for that, because they usually come in and then go out dead, dead quick. They don't last more than two years. No when you see these parades, and this is what I always say, of, um, on Gay Pride, and you see the police officer walking, their wives would be very surprised to know that they were gay. Yeah. They're not gay. They're told to go on They're told to, to it, go, yeah, out, to go yeah. on it. You don't have to be gay to go on the Gay Pride march. So all those, they'll only be about three or four if <coughs> they are gay. There are gay people that survive it. I don't believe in no, because everyone I knew was out the door straight away. And definitely transgender, you won't see transgender gender people in forces, or very, very rare. Anyway, I met her in HQ, and I just can't, Sean, I can't act with people. If I don't like someone, I can't pretend I like them. I can't do it. So I was given it. <coughs> Couldn't help it. I was like, oh, because I've got a lot of, got a lot of bad history with it. And I really didn't like And I can't stand people who crap on their own kind. I can't stand. That's good
2: to be like that, though. You've got two-faced, I'm
1: not two-faced. So I was giving her real. So anyway, we said something. And I said, oh, I said, you, I said, you never helped me. I said, did you? He said, you rat. And so she was looking at me. And so I said, oh, yeah. I said, go on. I said, but you know about these pedophiles as well, don't you? I said, you're plague-ridden rat. Now, of course, I could have been sacked for doing that to her. I shouldn't have spoke to her, because like, she didn't give me it back. I'll give her that to you. She knows how to control herself. I don't. I'm mouthy. She knows you how to control herself. You could have worded it different, I suppose. I could have worded it different, but I was that annoyed. I thought you'll trace her on your own. As I call them gay capos, I always call them. Yeah. they on their own. kind. No, like, the capos in the concentration camps, the Jews that helped the Nazis. That's a terrible analogy. I shouldn't. But that's what I call them gay couples They betray their own kind. So anyway, I went back to the station and speak. And my sergeant, who i got on with really well, I said to him, "Oh, she," yes. I said, I'm going to get a hit back. And so I said, why? He said, why, what's wrong? I said, I've just turned around. And I said, blastrous, Rouse. I know about what's going on, about these people I said, I just blast. I said, she'll be right up there. I said, they'll find out about it. And I can't say to Sean, because I have evidence that she did. Anyway, um, Next thing, I'm on night duty and go off. Next morning, I come in. I'm called upstairs to see me sergeant. And he said, do you know when that happened in the toilet? So I said, no. I said, why, what happened in the toilet? He said, someone put shit all over the toilet. So I said, really? Said, said, well, it must have been one of the officers that did it. So anyway, he's talking, and I thought, wait a minute, why is he asking me? I said, have you asked anyone else this? No.
2: Why
1: well, would I, you do that? Well, I blew. I said, are you only asking me? He said, yeah. And apparently the whole station heard me, because I'd had an offshore. And I knew, I said, this is it. I said, they've set me up. I said, they've set me up. Anyway, again, suspended. Apparently I did a he protest. The cleaner reckoned she'd seen all this shit. Anyway, another year, sitting on my ass, getting paid by the taxpayer for doing nothing. You know. So we came to the day I was being interviewed, right, under caution, which was at Belle uh, One really nice cop, another nasty little piece of work. And I thought, you can go with me as much as you want. I'm not giving you the rise. I knew what he was after. So anyway, sitting there, and um, I said, well, can you show me pictures of this um, shit all over the walls oh um, 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 and show showed me these pictures it had been cleaned up I went what I said Where's what the and I they said it was cleaned up so I said yeah now Sean let me explain this you right and I point to them I said there's two evidence cameras I said 10 steps away from the toilet I said on the wall I said there would have been three inspectors because it was a morning takeover, so there would have been about you're talking easily thirty officers coming in off all using the toilet. Yeah, there would have been a, I say three. So there would have been three sergeants on, two inspectors on, and I said not one of them when they were told about this thought, right, we better get a camera and photograph this for evidence.
2: And, and this, not only that, look at the cameras and have a look. So you has been going in, been and going else, in like there,
1: but. His face, this horrible copper's face, it just dropped me. And I said, Oh, I said, I said, God, you ain't I?' said, This has all been a pantomime. I said, New set up. So I said, Go on, tell me now. I said, Why didn't they photograph it? I don't know. He said, They cleaned her up. Oh, so I said, Did you keep the implements that they cleaned her up with? I said, No, you didn't throw them out, didn't you? I said, Let me guess, threw them out. And he was hating me because then I was laughing at him. But I was fuming, but I thought, I'll laugh right in your face, you little sod. So anyway, got out. And then, this is the thing, you're taken to a disciplinary. I forgot the other disciplinary act. That's not the end of it. The CPS turn around and tell them to go and stuff off. That's the end of it. Now, if you're a member of the public and you're taken, let's say, to the CPS to see if you're to be prosecuted or not, and they say, no, drop it. There's nothing there. That's the end of it. Not if you're a police officer or a member of staff you go to a disciplinary then even though you proved innocent you go to <coughs> a so they can get yeah anyway I had to go to another uh, disciplinary but the first one I forgot to mention that because that's important the first one about the sexual assault the man who heard that was the area commander then is Andy Cook the present chief constable now this was all to do with homophobia and F. this one and you see him now with his on um, a um, Gay pride day with his rainbow things on his yeah. shoulders. Yeah, I'll give him rainbow. But um, anyway, a false
2: gay you? or is he gay? No,
1: Andy Cook. No, he's not gay. He's very. He's a good actor. Yeah. Let's put it this way: when you see someone who's um, a police officer, chief constable, and you say, "What's your degree?" You'd expect them to say, "Well, criminology," or them to say, "You know, psychology," or something like that. Yeah. You no, know, he's got politics as his degree. Wake that one out, why he'd want politics, because he knows who he's got to keep on the right side of. Anyway, the important thing about this, when he's going on, oh, well, I'm honest, Andy, which he does that act, and I love gays, and I love all transgender people and everyone. That was all wrapped up in homophobia. And they attacked me because they thought I was gay. So they were attacking me sexuality when they said that I was touching them up. That's what they were attacking That's when it became a homophobic attack. He turned round. Now, get this. No evidence that I'd done anything. There was evidence to prove that I hadn't with other officers coming forward saying they'd witnessed it and nothing had happened. Anyway, his result, this nice man who loves gays, was to turn around and say it was obvious that the officers were acting in a bad way. Nice. In other words, they were being homophobic and they were being bullied. I'll tell you what happened. I got a final written warning. They didn't even get spoken to. Never got spoken. It was total because they will never admit that homophobia or um, racism happens. And I'll tell you about a racism. Could case. you appeal that? You can do, which you did. I went to the appeal, which is in front of a man called Bernard Laws. And this is a I said about unison were useless. We'll get on to that. I went to Bernard Lawson and Eunison turned around to me and said, Oh God, said, forget it. So I said, What do you mean? He said, They'll just rubber stamp it. I said, he That's all he does. They said, We call him rubber stamping Lawson. I said, He just stamps it. Horrible story to tell about something about him. Horrible story. Um, anyway, I thought, Oh, so that's who I'm having it in front of. And so I said to him, I just thought, I said to Unison, Don't forget, I'm giving them pain and bleeding money to represent me. Mm-hmm. So I said, How many cases? Have you won? And she said, oh, that's the question. She said, I'll look into that. She was dead nice to the secretary um, at Ewinson there. And she came back to me a couple days. I said, oh, she said, I can't believe this. She said, nothing. We've never won a case. Oh, I said, well, I'm bleeding screwed then. I said, I'm I, said I might as well just uh, not turn up what you did. I thought, what's the frigging point?
2: So anyway. she a gone to Rex next <laughs> I don't think
1: so. Anyway, next thing uh, I say. Went to the appeal, and he backed up. Oh, no, no new evidence. And that's what he says, no new evidence. So it's on your record, final warning. But it wasn't sacked. No, I wasn't a sacked. That's the thing. But now we get to the second one, of the Daisy protest allegation. So I was interviewed. So um, I thought, do I even bother appealing this? And Sean, I, I thought, it's a set-up. They're just going to do the same thing. But the interesting thing about Bernard Lawson, which I pointed out to the then- Police Authority. I said he shouldn't be hearing appeals. I said he's the head of the PSD. He held the portfolio (coughs) of the Professional Standards Department. Now, if there's corruption going on or non-fair prosecution has been brought or disciplinary, it's the PSD that has done it. Now, what that means is that him as the head of the PSD, if he finds that they have wronged you, He's criticising himself that he can't do his job.
2: Exactly, yeah. That's
1: what he's doing. So he's going to rub a stamp, everything, no matter what's in front of him. Anyway, next thing, uh, I'm in speak, and this is a horrible thing. And uh, this woman came into the station, she said, have you got a chick? She said, I've got a pound, and I have one of the little chicks? So I said, what are you talking about, chicks? She said, oh, "It was in the paper. She said, hey, you've got chicks for leukaemia, raising money for children dying from leukaemia. So I said, I'm sorry, I said, there's no chicks here. Oh, she had just thought to ask? So I went in. So I got onto the radio room, put a log on, said, someone gone about chicks. I said, can you um, find out where these chicks are? I said, because if people are coming into Baden for Charity, why not? Anyway. And this was so unusual, Sean, so unusual, especially when it's considering leukemia. The radio room said, oh, they'll get there whenever and close the lockdown. And I knew there was something. I thought there's something odd about this.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway, um, I was. An officer was walking past, and he was a nice officer. He never said it had a bad word for anyone. And I said, oh, said these bleeding chicks, said, where are they? I said, um, apparently they're only. I said, I found out they're in um, headquarters. I said, they're not. Here, I said, why aren't we getting them? And he said, oh, Lawson, Bernard Lawson. I said, yeah. And he went, fuck him. And I, went, what? I said, "Why?" Well, I said, what about him? And so he said, it's for his daughter who died. He said, fuck him. And I nearly fell off my chair. I thought, what? I said, his daughter? I said, how old? So he said, four. He said, she died years ago. Mm. And so I said, you mean fuck him? I said, you can't say that. He said, Terry, he said, fuck him. He said, I'm telling you now. He said, "I said, have you ever heard about him mention his daughter before? So I said, no. And he said, you won't hear him mention her again. He said, what's going on? He said, what position is open? He said, at the moment, off for grabs. So I said, "Um, Deputy Chief Constable. He said, "Yeah." He said, you'll never hear about his daughter again. He said, he's trying to get in the press. So his name will be at the forefront. And he said, he couldn't give a damn. He said, whether well, these chicks are in the stations or not, which he didn't. And that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with some nasty um, people. I never have heard about his daughter since then. So I let it all go. Anyway, this thing with the Daisy protests was still going on in the background. And I say, that all got cleared up, but I couldn't be appeal uh, appealing it. I thought, what's the point? It's just that... And I said, then it was moved again to Belleville. And by this point, I was very much pissed. Yeah. Very pissed. So it wasn't pleasant to work with all the time. I could be quite... Uh, and one poor sergeant, he got in the neck with me. I don't know why. I think no they say when someone's being bullied, they can turn into a bully themselves. It happened to me with him, this a um, sergeant and he'd been with the um god i can't remember the name now but anyway i took a disliked to straight. it used to swagger in like this and i thought so oh, here we are you does he think he is all you know i'm a sergeant i'm an important person all this so i was taken off and in but i never by that time i wasn't interested in getting on with anyone that i was working with and it's different um belvale it's a neighborhood station or was it's not open now to the public that but at the time it was neighborhood it wasn't response and they were just to me it was boring it was like oh good god there's no personalities here or anything so it was going along totally uneventful then this new officer came on board Little thing, and there were all kinds of rumours going round that she was carrying on with one of the sergeants because they were going out doing, you know, um, stop and search together. Now, that's unusual, sergeant with a female um, constable going out on their own. So, they're all kinds of. And I used to, when I, mean, I think of I used to defend her, I'd go, look, say, stop it, stop it. I so said, I'm sure she's got
2: this. Um, you think it should be two females because either that's say oh, it should have female, they but, still need someone to.
1: It just stops the male officer getting in trouble because it yeah. has happened that female officers have made allegations that weren't true. So anyway, um, though she wouldn't have done that, but she was a bleeding liar. But anyway, I so I could, there was nothing going on, nothing untoward. But again, these rumours were going rife about me, and they were getting more and more outlandish and more, you know, because the, if they don't know it, they'll make it up. That's what the police do, and they love gossiping, God, They love gossiping, so they make it up about you. Yeah, And what had happened was the Chief Constable of Manchester Police, Mike Todd. Now, this house, how they need to get some work, these neighbourhood bobbies, some of them. um, He died. Now, apparently, it wasn't suicide. Now, did you ever hear about Michael Todd? He was found on the pig track in Snowdonia and frozen to death. Now, this was an experienced walker who went up without any clothing on. I'd been talking about he was depressed and wanted to end it beforehand. People have found him, claimed they could smell Foggerona's breath. Found his body. Anyway, they, um, this coroner turned around and said, oh no, he didn't kill himself. What he did, he went up there and he was cleaning his mind but he just
2: got confused. And you say that's just trying to get the pension.
1: What it is? it was because um, as the papers came out with Hot Rod Toddy As they called him You know He was sleeping with God knows how many people Women And he could have uh, Been open to blackmail And so that stopped an Inquiry when they said He didn't actually kill himself But next thing I'm Sitting in this room And I just knew I knew something was going on I thought Something was going on But I didn't know It was a room about me Next thing all One of the officers I knew I used to get on with he turned around and said they're all talking about you they'd said did you know Michael Todd said no I said i never met the man well they're saying that you knew and so I said well what if I did know him I said what's the point they said oh saying that he was that you were I said I said like Michael Todd would touch me I said Michael Todd I said could have any woman he wanted I said, you could have any young man, fit young man. He once said he was that way. He said, he's not going to touch me. So this rumour went round that I, and I thought, oh, do you know what? This is getting absolutely pathetic, all these things going on. So that was making me feel more isolated. And I thought, I just, I don't want to be here anymore. So how it actually came to an end for me was this woman called in, very nice woman, and she was homeless with her daughter and she didn't have anywhere to stay. So I phoned up. I said, you'll need to talk to the people for the house. So I brought her in and I was with her. No one came in that room, Sean. No one came in that room. I let her use the phone. Then she went on away. <coughs> Next thing, that officer I'm telling you about, the one that was so nice and everyone was saying was having an affair, I found out later on, claimed that she'd come into the room, the office. I wasn't there and this woman was on the phone on her own well that's a security breach you can't leave them on their own mm. so I said it's not true and I even contacted the mum and said will you ask the witness she said she yeah, said I'll tell them you didn't leave that bleeding room she said when I was there you were watching me and also this nothing shown right she had a radio on at this officer by her seeing someone on her own and walking up the stairs to tell the sergeant she calls the breach he's fallen asleep there
0: uh. <laughs> Do you want to wrestle on off finish? No, no alright, well I'll
2: just dodge it off then. <laughs> so it's not that you're boring am just like <laughs> But anyway,
1: <laughs> uh she went up and said, "I oh, we've left this woman on her own. Also lies. So anyway, next thing, so it was gonna be pulled for that. Then this other one, pain in the ass came in. Remember put and she was always in complaining about some a fella was doing this, threatening to kill her. Yeah. And she'd go away, she wouldn't make a statement, Sean. Everyone knew this was on the system. Everyone knew it. All officers knew it. Then they called C and she'd be pissed and she wouldn't want to make it a statement. Anyway, she came in and I was just, it had been an absolutely horrific day. And she came in, and thought, here we go. She's gone. And she was kicking off again. And I'd had enough of coming in. And she was always yelling or doing something. So I turned around and I gave her it right back. I said, you're a pain. I said, you're just a pain. I said, get your own life, no. I said, stop expecting the police to do it. I said, we've done enough for you. Anyway, she complained and was screaming. And I did shout at her. No doubt about bad. So she's got a right to complain about me. I shouldn't have done it. I, shouldn't, I should have kept me cool and not shouted at her. But I did. That went against me.
2: She's wasted a lot of your time, though, isn't she? There's of worse to people like that. They're looking to say, oh, he's done that, he's done that. Well, and then when the police goes to do something, they'll see in America, they have no choice. In America, they'll get arrested either way. Yeah. If they go and get domestic. Yeah. They, it's, it's, it's unfortunate because nine times out of ten, they'd take the man anyway. I mean, yeah. he could be getting shit kicked out of him by his woman, but they still take him anyway, though, yeah. in America. But they will do something about it. But over there, they'll, they'll complain, and then, you know, tr- five minutes later, they're all in love again. and That's it. forget about That's it. That's the
1: problem. It wasn't that she was, like, in love with him again, but she just get pissed and wouldn't want to do a statement so it would be left in, up in the air you know, you couldn't do anything about it the and it was well on the system that she was doing this all yeah. the time but she accused me of refusing to take a statement of it so and this is it, she reckoned her life was in danger, she was more concerned about doing a complaint about me first than against her partner who her life was in danger because of, yeah sure and we found out later she was back with her fella, she was back with him so um, she wasn't all that scared but I shouldn't have shouted. I know, damn well I shouldn't have done that. So that was another thing they had to give me. And then my old friend Tracy O'Rourke said that I was harassing her because I said that she was no, she wasn't helping people in all this business. So
2: it's all i thought, hey, I got
1: three against you. don't me.
2: do yourself very fair, it was like this. Oh the no, <laughs>
1: my mouth always got me in trouble. I know when I'm doing it myself. So anyway, uh, there was the person who was the presenting officer. The one that's bringing Johnson Roy. Oh. Uh, I told him, how to, um, when it was all over, I had the plushed helmet. and said, you're the most horrible, disgusting person I've ever met in my life. Uh. And he went, like that. I said, you need that uniform, don't you? I said, God, you need it. Now, of course, he's getting up through the ranks. But he was the presenting officer. And Colin Matthews was the one here. It was a done deal. I was out the force. Yeah. I thought, I'm out, I'm out, 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 out. Especially when it was Colin, him um, doing it. Anyway... Our friend Pat Gallen comes into the equation again because I was looking on system and I suddenly see Tracy O'Hara's name and Pat Gallen. She's meeting with Pat Gallen. And I thought, oh, I thought it's a bit coincidence that. So I said to me sergeant, I said, how come she's meeting with her, with her, Tracy? I said, how come she's meeting with Tracy? I said, she shouldn't be getting involved in my bloody disciplinary. I said, I know she is. I said, don't kick me on. I said, no, she is And He said, you shouldn't be looking. I said, well, I have looked and I can't look now, can I? So I said, I'm going to mention it. She shouldn't be. So anyway, went into the disciplinary. And I say it was a done deal. Uh, and um, Jonathan Roy, oh God, I've never, and I'm not a vampire person, I just wanted to do that right in his eyes, I did. He was doing this all the time. And like uh, his, and now we're going to get on to this one, like he was having his dinner. So I thought, you little rat, I thought you're enjoying this, aren't you? Cole Matthews is more of a good actor. Yeah. But then Tracy came in, sitting there. He's harassing me. I mean, you know, I'm terrified of my emails. He said I was rubbish and all this um, business and the way he speaks to me and all this. And so I was saying, God, I said, blimey. He said, not much of a police officer. I said, if an scared in you, I said, what will you do if you get a so coming up to you? So anyway, I could see. At one point, I saw her eye, movement gone. And she went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, I would have helped him if he'd been nice to me. And so I said, oh, I said, come on. I said, you've just seen the eye movement. I said, you've got this all planned out. I said, you've Tuesday, I said to Colin Matthew. I said, not, no, we haven't. Anyway, this is why I can talk and they mention a name. Yeah. This is why, Sean. Sure. What the PSD did when they were getting me filed together, um, by mistake, they put in here complaint, but they put what we call a 104A in there as well. Now, that's an internal memo, which shouldn't have been in there. And it's Tracy O'Hara in a meeting in 2008 when I said that in headquarters happened. And I said, you bet you know about all these paedophiles. She was with the true team, with senior officers, including uh, that one that interviewed me and Pat Gallen would have been there. And Helen I can't remember her saying it. would have been there. Anyway, some very important ones. And she turned around and she said about me talking was, He, this will contravene the situation for all of us. I'll say that again. This will contravene the situation for all of us. What am I contravening by talking about bullying and paedophiles being covered up? I can only contravene what's actually true. Mm -hmm. So I put this in me defence i said she turned around said go on so tell me what you meant by that Carl Matthews stopped me straight away oh no 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 we can't talk about you're going back too far that no no we can't so i said no i said i want here and no no and he refused to that was the linchpin that was showing that was all a setup and that they were there basically she was mouth mal- she'd slipped up bad style and it got worse when i actually got kicked out the full. so i got kicked out and I had a merry bloody time telling Col Matthews and all of them what I of.
2: Did give you pay payoff, like?
1: Uh, not much, not much. It was only like about two months' wages, so it wasn't much. So anyway, then I thought I am going to a tribunal, but I had to go to the, an appeal to the mid Police Authority, which took eight months to happen. And that was an absolute joke. But Colin Matthews had to come in and defend his decision. And honestly, these Muppets, these are all counsellors and all that that used to be on there. And they didn't have a clue. And they're more interested in getting the dinner break. Yeah. And of course, they've got someone there that's talking about bleeding, um, <coughs> corruption and everything and paedophilia. Like, I tell you now, the police authority had enough of their own little secrets, I can assure you. I know the names of the people that were being covered up on there. So anyway, um, it was full conclusion, but I'll never forget, a um, Colin Matthews sitting there and he was an assistant chief constable, I say. Can you imagine a chief constable assistant chief constable and he's asked What did Tracy O'Hara mean by this could contravene the situation for all of us? What what was being contravened by me talking out? He went, No comment. No comment. Like some little bad boy brought us into a custody, yeah. no comment, no comment. And that's what i no no So I was out then. And I thought, that's it. It's ended. It's gone. Don't give a damn anymore. So I went to the, I say, the Maersai Police Authority. That was an f- absolute joke. They backed the force up 100%. But they'd heard it all. Now, fast forward about, it was only about a year. And I'm walking down my street and I meet that officer with another officer that was crying, I thought was going to cry
2: in speak. Paul was angry. About the yeah, pedophiles. he
1: was angry. And so I said, As my uh, MP is Maria Regal. And I said, you know, I said, she's an absolute pain in the ass. I said, she's just not doing it, and I said, I've told, I've told Maria Regal everything. Oh, I tell her, remind her now yeah. and again. So, you know, I've told you what's going on here. And I was still unaware how deep this was. And so he turned around to me, and said, Maria Regal. He said, this counsellor, he said, I called. He said, who do you think is his mate? And I went, you're kidding me. So he said, he said she's not gonna do in. He said none of them will, he said, none of them will. He said they've all they're all keeping dumb on this business.
0: Let me just clarify this then for people watching. Mm. So the policeman was upset about the protection of the paedophiles. Yes. The councillor, the political figure, was constantly getting off, had this twelve year old boy. Yeah. And then now you've got a person high up in the police who is a friend of the councillor, the paedophile. No, Maria Eagle, the MP. Oh, the MP. Yeah, a so we're going to the political elite now. Now, that's not and saying... And I wasn't falling asleep, I was just resting an eye.
1: Now, that's not saying that Maria Eagle knows he was, but I told her, let's put it this way. And as I said to her, I said, what, you, um, what I tell you, you can't. I say that I didn't tell you, but there's lots of evidence that I told her. And she's done absolutely nothing. Nothing to help, nothing. So I got... Onto the um, IPCC, then the Independent Police Complaints Commission. And that was a joke. They actually replied to the wrong complaint at first, which was a preacher I got this through and thought, what's this? Someone else's paperwork. <laughs> 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 I said, you've done the wrong thing. Anyway, this is what the people don't understand, the public don't understand. So when they say police officers and staff should speak out, it's not that easy. You can be, you're blocked. And what it was is that there's a rule that for some reason when they invented the IPCC, which was Labour inventor Tony Blair, for some reason they put in this clause that anyone who worked for a police force, past or present, could be blocked from making a complaint to the IPCC. <laughs> well, there's only one reason you'd have that rule. That's the silence, people. There's no other way. There's no reason for it. Why would you stop it? The very people who are going to see corruption first, someone in the organisation or someone outside. It's going to be someone in the organisation. So it sounds some straight away. And you can't do anything about it. But it's also arbitrary that IPCC can actually go against this and say, no, we're going to look into this. But they always turn around back, so corrupt, they always turn around and back the forces up. So they were going to do nothing. No, we're not going to look into this about Peter Files. So there was another case going which happened in Bellevale, a racism case. Now, this is very, very, very significant to showing the corruption that goes on. I was on duty and this Asian taxi driver came in and he looked terrified, Sean, absolutely terrified, and he started in Broken English, saying to please don't let the, Police officers beat me up again. Please don't let them beat me up. He said, please, I'll do it." And He said, don't let them beat me up. So I said, calm down. I said, what's going on? And he said, these two CID officers, asked to me. Some, but he said, they beat me up. They beat me up. Now, of course, you can't take what everyone says coming in. So I took his details and I got on to niche the secret thing. And it came out. He had complained that he'd been beaten up by these two CID officers. And it also put dates on it where he complained and he'd gone to the IPCC of all places the Independent Police and Complaints Commission and they'd beaten him up to try and stop him complaining anyway he said they've told me to meet them outside McDonald's which is down the road and so I said well why have they told you to meet you outside McDonald's I said why not the station I said the station's here why McDonald's he said I don't know he said but please don't anyway God was looking down on him that time his phone rang and he said, that's them, that's them. So I said, right, put on loudspeaker. He said, we've recalled everything in here. So put on loudspeaker. Put on loudspeaker. And it was one of these officers. Where are you? So he said, um, I said, don't tell He said, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly there. He said, I'm nearly there. He said, what? He said, you're not going to beat me up in all this business. And he said, um, so I, said I said, why? they meeting you outside McDonald's. They said, you know. You we want they said, You know you lied about us and we can have you deposit. At that same time someone from the custody suite had come through and he opened the door and he heard the officers going on like this, telling them to drop his complaint. And he emailed to me he said, I'm gonna get a sergeant. So we ran to get a sergeant. He's well amazed. Anyway, <laughs> next thing um the sergeant came down, took all the details Wrote all the details. I did a statement. Took the man's phone. Took everything. I'll tell you what happened. Absolutely nothing. The PSD did nothing. Didn't even ask to collect the evidence. Nothing. So anyway, I got on to it. By that time, John Murphy was the chief constable. I got on to him and said, they haven't even looked into this. They said, that man was assaulted into dropping this complaint with the IPCC. This thing on his phone. That's why he took his phone. He had pictures. Now, I know what it looks like when someone's been whipped with an asp. That's the truncheon, the metal one, expanding one. And he'd been welted all over. So he was telling the truth. He'd been telling the truth. Anyway, PSD wouldn't do anything. And this became sniffing because I went to the
2: IPCC. That'd be sick welts as well, wouldn't it?
1: And they go like, you can tell by the ends, because well, yeah, they go down, they taper down. down. Yeah. And you can tell where someone's been. It's always here and here, yeah. the side and here someone was doing it themselves or getting the friend, they wouldn't know where to hit. Yeah. So specific way a police officer will do because 'cause they're getting the tender points. Yeah. Always there, yeah. So anyway, um they wouldn't collect it, they didn't want to know. So I got on to John Maven and I said, That's unacceptable. I said he was bullied into dropping his complaint. So anyway, I got the reply. Oh, we have noted it. I thought, I'm not falling for that one. So I said, no. I said, that's not good enough. I said, we have no it. I said, state it isn't doing anything. I said, you're going to do it any- No. Anyway, I thought, I'm not letting this go. So I went to the IPCC and said, this is what happened. I've got that man's details, his database, and left them. Now, considering that he was beaten up into dropping this complaint with them, yeah. they backed the force up 100%. Backed them up 100%. And that's your Independent Police Complaints Commission for you. Uh, They're always siding on the um, sides of the police. Anyway, by this time, I got out the force. And then, Theresa May decided she wanted police and crime commissioners to replace the police authorities. And we have the blessed Jane Kennedy, Um, a police and crime commissioner. Well, straight away, I will tell you the thing, when she was going for the job, I mean, it was a foregone conclusion she was going, but when she was going for the role, she um, was tweeting out, oh, I'll protect police, where's blowers? I'll protect them and all this. I made an absolute mare out of her on um, radio for saying that. She never has done. Anyway, she got the job, and it was very controversial that she did get the job because you can see it in the press. If you put Jane Kennedy going for the PCC, you can see... Councillors were even warned and they said she will not put the public first. She will give all her little um, friends jobs. All agenda. Uh, that's all. she's. That's Jane Kennedy. And what it was, Hogan. Um, Oakenhow once, Bernard Oakenhow, that was the chief consul. Um, I can't remember his name. The mayor. Anson, Joe Anson. Joe Anson. Wanted her to get the job. I wonder why he'd want someone like that to get the job. I wonder why. Well, I don't actually wonder why he'd want someone like that to get the job. Anyway, I got straight onto her and said, the covering up paedophiles there and other criminals, I said. I said, needs an investigation, which she can order. She didn't even respond for a whole year. Now, this was at the days when it was brewing about these Westminster paedophiles and Rotherham and Rochdale were all starting to brew up. So anyway... I got on, then head deputy, no, not deputy, chief executive, sorry, Joanne Liddy was a woman called Joanne Liddy. And you've seen Joanne Liddy, beautiful woman, blonde hair, frightening that she used to work for the Home Office on um, sensitive cases and serious cases. God knows why, because when she did what she did to me. Anyway, I gave her all this information and said, look, here we are. I said, they're covering it up. I said, they're blocking it on niche all the time. I said, and that's how they're keeping these cover-ups going on. Anyway, she started acting the dumb blonde. Oh, I can't see where the chief constable's responsible. I can't see where John Murphy's is responsible. Why is he responsible? He hasn't gone in and blocked them himself. I said, Jeff, but he knows that's happening. And I said, for God's sake, I said, he's the chief constable and he could do something about it. I said, but he's refusing to. Yeah. So she kept up this line. I don't see where he's responsible. So look at this, as I said to Sean. Look at it this way, you see a load of police officers walking down the road with banners saying vote for the National Front or vote for the BNP and the Chief Constable sits back and does nothing. You'd blame him, wouldn't you, for letting them get away with it? So if they're covering up Peter criminals and other criminals and he's, sitting, and he's made aware of it and he's sitting there, not just him, Bernard Okenhow and um, this present fella, is, um, Andy Cook is fully aware of because I've made them aware of it. I said, so, so you're saying that because he isn't physically blocking each one himself on the computer, said so that's pathetic. So I got onto the IPCC again, backed the force up again, completely again did it. Anyway, by this time I was informing every MP in off, every minister in off, <laughs> every one of them got it. The, um, I got told, basically, by David Cameron, sod off. Got told by the Home Office, sod off. They've refused to speak to me again not even respond. How
2: did you spend your pension on stamps? That's what I was
1: turned <laughs> out emails. <laughs> and when I'd be doing these emails, strange enough, I used to slip and copy all kinds of journalists into it as well. Uh, so anyway, I was so- letting them all know this. No one wants to know. And um, Theresa May, when she became Prime Minister, didn't want to know. I say, Marie Eagle, didn't want to know. NSPCC. Oh, I even contacted them when I was still with the force. Took a great chance. They didn't want to know. They're still not interested. You said said
0: paedophiles, plural. You give the example of the counsellor. Yeah. What other paedophile cover-ups were you aware of?
1: Oh, the same, a few, but there's one I can name because he's dead.
0: Okay, go for it.
1: Alex, um, Rex Macon, sorry. What was the situation there? Well, Rex Macon was known for a few decades. He was a, for people who don't know Liverpool, he was a famous... Liverpool solicitor and he was actually the bane of the police. If you had a complaint about the police you went to him.
2: And he, he was my solicitor for many years, yeah, by the he way. Was, like I thought he was very good. He was but very he was good. Spencer two Bob know him always than one. Yeah.
1: But anyway, he was found out to be fiddling with young people, you know. And oh God, when you see him, Jesus, they must have needed the money. Um or whatever he was giving them. But it got so bad. He'd actually go into the custody suites and if anyone needed representing him, it was a nice young man. I mean, it, would have been, it wouldn't have been a child in the um, custody suites breed offer to if he got services of sexual kind in return. And the custody suites knew this was going on, St. So Downing Street and all that. You really had that oh you But anyway, he, um, this was going on for ages. So when he died, straight away I got onto the force. And this shows how big the cover-up is, Sean. I got on the force said Rice is dead I want all the information on him I said you can't keep it anymore so it's not covered by him anyway the force refused and they said now this shows you they turned around and they said because E-Rex Making and Co the business yep. that he had is still going and functioning
2: no, it would, it would be adverse to them.
1: So in other words, money was more important than people knowing that there was a prolific pedophile. So
2: while he's still got partners, his people can't yeah, go out. under that name.
1: And it would adversely affect the <clears throat> business. So money was more important.
2: We've got loads of young partners, so it's not going to ever come out, is it? Really? I know.
1: But the next thing was, uh, they turned round and this disgusted me as well. And they said that it wouldn't be in the public interest to know and that if they were doing an investigation it could impinge on an investigation. Well I jumped right on them so I said, Rotherham and all that. I said the only reason people came forward because it was advertised. I said it was all put out there and people came forward that were victims. Mm-hmm. I said, so don't use that one on me. I said, keeping it quiet I said doesn't help and they said there's no investigation. He said if you're covering it up, of course there's not going to be an investigation. But they stuck to it. So I went to the ICO, the uh, Information Commissioner, and said, right, I want this information released, and explained it to the Information Commissioner. And she spent months, months and months doing it. And I pointed, I went through every afternoon, I said, you've got to tell them because, like in a rape case, you know when someone's accused of rape, the name is published so that there's any other victims they can come forward. Well, as I said, you've got to get victims coming forward. And I said, also, I said, it isn't the public interest, know if the force has been covering up for this man. And I said, there's no investigation. So I put it all out there, gave details of Rotherham and Ethan, where they'd happened, savled the lot. The bitch turned round, and she even said, oh, yeah, it could do that. Oh, but no, it could affect an investigation. <clears throat> even though I said, there's no bloody, inf- are they going to investigate something that they've been covering up?
2: So, he knew a lot of people, Rex Making, though, know, didn't he? Oh, Sadly, he, right? hell of a lot. I mean, the people who played golf with and all that probably heads but to the police.
1: This is the funny thing, Rice. You ask people in Liverpool about Rex Making, you say he fiddled, you know, he liked young people. How I many go, oh, wow, you just. Everyone's heard it. Yeah, of course. Everyone's heard it. So it's no secret, it's an open secret. It's where's the kept secret going? Anyway, so why do it, um, saying it could no effect to. Um, investigation and all this rubbish so then I had to go to an appeal at the family court of all places in front of a judge that's how determined I was to get this this how much of a set up it was the information commissioner said oh I'm not going to bother turning up because it's just a waste of money she knew it would be rubber stamped no matter what I said or she would have turned up she yeah. knew that that was the system I appeared in front of this judge and two other people and this judge came in and she said to me, she said, oh, this is about um, Thames Valley Police. I said, N- not to my knowledge. She said, it's about Mayside Police. No, I said, what are you talking about, Thames Valley? She got mixed up. This is how into it she was. But at one point, point, I'm trying to be good because I'm thinking, no, you have to suck up to these judges. So, so don't say anything funny or snide to her. But I felt like it, the way she was carrying on. And at one point, I said, look, I said, what you really need, I said, is that if anyone's going into public life, I said, you need to get on leash. And I said, look at what's on there. I said, to protect people. I said, but they won't do that. Anyway, she went, <laughs> that's a bit extreme, isn't it? I said, well, when I went to work with the police, I'd have got background checks and everything on me and people I live with and everything. So she thought that was dead funny. And I thought, I've lost this. She'd fall, She found a favourite at the game um, of the police force. And that's how determined the they are to keep this covered up. Why do the police cover up paedophiles? <clears throat> because they're very powerful. Next Macon would have had all kinds of information on the police themselves and also there's going to be senior police officers that like them young.
0: Were you aware of any senior police that like the young?
1: Oh, a couple I got told about.
0: Why do some investigations proceed and some are stopped? So, for example, when the Epstein investigation first landed on this side of the pond, mm. it was stopped by the de- same, very same detective... That allowed the Carl Beach to I'll proceed, which was a false. Yeah. What? What? Why, is, why does that happen?
1: Well, Carl Beach, what I heard about Carl Beach, and this was um, a young, because I still talk to some officers. The force don't know it, but they do know, they've tweaked that I do, because I know too much information. But um, as I was told, I said, what about this thing? He was no one's Nick then, no one knew who he was. And so they turned around and said, it's bullshit. And so I said, what's going on? They said, what it is. And this is true. Um, Carl Beach, other than what other people say about him being set up, he was set up in the way that they knew he was Like He was a liar, Sean. It was all lies. There was no truth in it. This rubbish about torture and all this. There was no truth in it. And what you've got to remember, part, Carl Beach was a paedophile himself and admitted he was. He was caught with porn and everything. So he was a paedophile And what the police did, the Met did, with these historic cases, they cost millions. And the problem with a historic case, Sean, is that it's the evidence there. So police officers have to be paid, everything has to be paid for, and it costs millions. So it was costing them millions. And the worst thing, and this is the gripe I have with survivors online who campaign, I've always had this against them, they're putting themselves before children now. Yeah, They were the priority not the children now, we could get, and even said that to me online, we can get to them eventually. That's like me as a 54-year-old man coming up to you and saying, or woman, should I say, forgot myself then. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway I, can, I look in there and I say, freaking hell, am I kidding? But anyway, I come up to you and say, oh, I was sexually abused 40 years ago, or let's say 45 years ago. And a child comes up and say, I'm being abused now. Would you turn around and say, "Oh, go away! We'll get you eventually. We need to deal with him first?
2: It depends on what the, the situation is. You, you do get people jumping on bandwagons, don't you? It's terrible, but you do get. Oh, people, you do get it. There's not everyone, especially like you know, like footballers and stuff like that. Yeah. You actually get them being like, "Oh,
1: there's all sorts." I mean, not everyone that claims to be a survivor is true. But what I've always held, and that's why I don't. If you see me on um, on Twitter. I used to have in the past a huge um, following of um, survivors, but I really lost my temper with them and thought, because Royal Carl Beach, Westminster paedophiles, Carl Beach, or Nick as he was there. they were focusing in 100% on him. But from the police perspective, they couldn't deal with cases now. So it was costing them millions, and it was just not ending. Every day someone was coming across. I was abused by this famous person, this MP, who ironically is dead now, you know, this way. It was just come to... Some of them Yeah, it was... Um, come, cause Carl so that's for the
2: famous people, by the way. That's not for oh, yeah. the, 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 the grooming and all that. That's just for the famous people. I mean, people. It
1: did, things did go on, but Carl Beach was now now 100% liar. And it was proven in the course. I mean, he turned round at one point and said he couldn't look at his body because the details he gave, he was tortured. He was absolutely tortured. Well... He was such an egotist. He took a picture of himself, enjoying all his um, fame and all this, took a picture of himself, and the... why he thought anyone would want to see him like this, in just a pair of shorts? Wasn't one one scar on him, nothing. And yet he reckoned he was so badly scarred he couldn't see himself in the mirror. But why the police did it, even though they said, we believe everything they said, they don't. They wanted to get something that was obviously lies, which it was. Mm-hmm. Get it to the point, so that they could turn round and say, "Rice, unless there's definite, one hundred percent evidence, we're not looking at these historical cases anymore. We're not having it to shut them up and stop them." And that was say a bad motive for doing it, because there will be genuine people out there. There will be genuine people, um, but um, that's why they did it to stop it. It
0: so many yes, people claiming wolf though. It was monetary. Even was Jimmy Savile's niece, she didn't she end up in, in getting a sentence because she claimed something that was false. Yeah. Well, this is really sad then, isn't it, for the genuine victims? Because isn't this like a big step back now for them?
1: That's exactly what's happened. That's the only conspiracy that you can see in it. It's not that he was silenced to protect anyone. He wasn't. Excuse me, he was a liar. And when some people say he got a harsh sentence of 18 years, no, he deserved every bleeding well Mm. part of that. Because what he did... Was he set up? Well, actually, it was, when you think of it, was the police doing it to him. They'd taken take this case on the course. But he got a lot of money out of it. And there's a lot of people in um, campaigning now because this was known. The warning was given out, Sean. A lot of um, campaigners, well, not a lot, actually, it was only a few. I was one of them at the time when it was a campaign. they don't campaign anymore. We were warned and was saying there's something iffy about this Nick fella because what happened was how I twigged something was going on. There was this um, account called Carl Survivor. Now, be wary, because there's other Carl Survivors on there. It's not him. But he tweeted out, this Carl Survivor was trying to do this show called Wall of Silence, where he wanted £5,000 to put on this. It was just a wall with people's pictures on it who were survivors of child sexual abuse. And people were well into this. But he tweeted out this day, and this was 2015, must have been, and he said, oh, I can say about Leon Britton. I wish the police would come to me. I could say about this person. And I just knew sixth sense. I thought, that's this Nick fella. I thought that's... And then it started going on to other people in the um, community because they must have known it was him. They must have yeah. known, but they were keeping it quiet. Anyway, this wall of sounds went up with all these photographs on it, which I still say to this day was very... Um, egotistical why someone wants to put a pitch oh look at me and this thing it's all look at me look at me look at me I, and ignore them, what's happening nowadays to children so when they found out that he was and he confessed that he was a paedophile that came down pretty quick and of course no one's going now i believe nick because they know they know he, he was a liar and he got a lot of money from it as well but that's why they did it.
0: That's why they looked
1: into How that. prolific
0: are paedophile rings, these networks? Well, this
1: is it. I, This is where I draw a line on it. I don't see them as being paedophile rings as such. I see them as just being groups of people that happen to get together. And the majority of it, unlike Epstein, I mean, you talk about money talks. And when you've got that much money, you can do whatever you want. You're a guard, aren't you? you? Can do
0: it. He, ba- he basically his first sentence. He just went in this thing called the stockade, where the police were chauffeuring him around yeah. to his appointments. That's it. And he made him wear plain clothes. And when they came in, his his visitors, they were like his secretary, the oh, yeah. police, and, and and you know screening the visitors yeah. for him. Yeah. Could you believe that? He, he, he gave like talks, a. It? He, he donated one hundred and twenty thousand to the sheriff's department. He had them just running running rings for him. Yeah, taking him out to appointments, screening his visitors, having a nice steak. He had, he had a, 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 a bringing the them young boys in the night He had them install a TV in the legal visit room, and he had the whole stockade to himself. So there was no other prisoners in there. He's just watching was the TV. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's why I mean, in America, it's worse. I mean, it's not us
1: in your face here. You? That's no. one good thing. But in America, my God, it is very, very, very corrupt in America. But um, that's why Carl Beach, it was a monetary thing. And that's why when um, Boris Johnson turned around and he said in a horrible way, spaffing money up the wall, what he was referring to was this. this, You've got this inquiry now, the independent inquiry into child sex abuse. Total waste of time, Sean. And I'll tell you why it's a total waste of time, because it's going to end up costing millions and millions and millions and millions and all that's going to happen to go and say we hope people will learn lessons from this
0: that's it so these inquiries then these big names in the media they're set up to reassure the public but they're not really going to do anything no. about anything
1: no. they're not. it's just going to be we can, what can they do what legally can they do absolutely nothing it's just going to be we hope that you learn lessons from this and that's it and they won't the lesson they'll learn is to cover up more to make it harder and this is where i with all the police whistleblowers, I, draw the, I go in a different direction. Because I'm sorry, right? If, you if you're putting the public first, your priority is not whistleblowing protection. It's not, we've got that, it's just not applied. It's already there. When you're talking about whistleblower protection, that's thinking of yourself. And so when you're saying you're thinking about these poor kiddies, no, you're not. If you're thinking about the poor kiddies or anyone else that's suffering corruption... What you do is you say, let's have the law change that when a whistleblower speaks out, niche has to be opened. And the information, put through it to see what comes out. Once niche is opened, you've got it like that. Like
0: so w- that. so why did he sacrifice some high-profile people like uh, Rolf Harris, Max Clifford, but people like Jimmy Savile are completely protected until they're dead?
1: I haven't got a clue. And I'd be, like, I'd be making it up of it. So the only thing I can think of is that... Uh, I heard years ago, I've actually got one on my uh, YouTube site where to talk about what I know about Leon Britton or what I heard about Leon yeah. Britton. Now, this was before the joined the police. was still working in the theatre. This is how long ago was. You're talking about decades ago. Now I was working on the show and this young man, we started talking, and we started talking about this entertainer. And I don't know how the hell we got onto the subject because I don't even like this entertainer, but we got on to him And he said, oh, he's a paedophile. I went, is he? So he said, yes. Yeah. So I said, how do you know that? He said, my dad's a chief inspector. And he said he interviewed him under caution about being with young boys. And he said it was all covered up, he said, because of a minister in the Thatcher government, it would have exposed him at the same time. Yeah. So I said, who? So he said, Liam Britton. Now, that was decades and decades ago before you heard any of this stuff or anything like that. So it's Civil Smith days. Well, Cyril Smith, this is the thing right about Cyril Smith. This is another issue that um, is controversial. Simon Danchuk was the one who wrote the book about Cyril Smith and claimed he ousted Cyril Smith. Yeah. Smile for the camera. Shite, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. him. Um, the person who ousted and he needs to, to get the um, credit tub, cred, credit for this. John Walker was the man who, in 1980s, and Private Eye in 1979, they both Private Eye was very good back in the day, wasn't they? They did us. They, so this thing that Sam um, Danchuk ousted, Sil Smith Lodalized, and Sam Danchuk just caused so much damage. And Goodridden soon goodbye, and I actually got hounded off um, Twitter and social media for three years because they found out I was the one that... Um, you remember when he was called for the sexton? Tom Danchuk was found. That's what destroyed his career. Yeah. This man he was always going on about these poor children, these victims of child sex abuse and all this, and these exploitation, these girls and all this. He was sexton. and I found out he was sex a young girl. So I got right onto Manchester police and I said, Look, I said, I don't know how old this girl is, which you didn't. Well said, I've heard that she's young and it's a concern and I said you need to investigate him. So Manchester looked into it and she was seventeen. So couldn't do it in the bad. But for the dirty old man like that seventeen, I mean it was a bit close to the edge. Well, it got out that I was the one that opposed him. And I he was a hero then. Simon Danchuk was a hero. Oh, he was a god. You couldn't you couldn't question Simon Danchuk at all. Still a
2: dirty old man though, seventeen. Get, oh, everyone hates him
1: now. And this is I say this is why I don't have a good relationship with the um, campaigning communities. Because I remember you couldn't say a word against sam and Danchuk, but you'd be cut into you'd be attacked by everyone oh he's a god he's a hero and all this right the minute and this is how political it is how all political child sex abuse and exploitation is the minute he said he was going to challenge Corbyn, they turned on him like that yeah it wasn't because he was sexing they turned on him because he turned on corbin and that was like there we are Then he was the devil incarnate and all this business. (coughs) It's it's all very, very, very political. And I don't care what anyone says. It doesn't come with a yellow, blue or red rosette. It goes all over the place. But as for Westminster pedophiles, I mean, it just wasn't the great big horror story. And this thing that I don't like is when people make it into horror stories, it doesn't mean to look, Sean, any child being or any youth being sexually abused is horrible. You don't have to start talking on about satanic rings or something like that. We've had that since the 1970s, since Michelle remembers the book, which she claimed. It's like almost
2: over-glorifying it, isn't
1: it? Well, what it does, it starts getting the attention away from it. The public want a horror story. They want your Epstein's. They want all that. They want the saffles. Yeah. The bigger, the uglier. The nastier. That's what they want. But when they're looking at them, they're turning away from... Children, and it doesn't just happen in Liverpool, vulnerable children are usually from homes that are dysfunctional, Yeah. who are on drugs, desperate, from a young age, and they'll do anything for them. And they them.
2: know, generally, they have a relation, or someone they know is actually yeah. playing with them.
1: Oh, yeah. So, you, th- these are...
2: Whoever it is, they're in uh, a sort of...
0: The should be looking after them.
1: Yeah, that's it. And this is what happens. And they've forgotten. Is
0: there they've a conspiracy forgotten. then with the people running foster homes to provide kids to people like Cyril Smith? Are they in on it?
1: No, I don't think so. And, uh, but I couldn't swear to that. i say that's not one area that I'm up on. But uh, when I we used to work with um, social services, of course, and the police used to work with social services. Social services are like anything else. You get good ones, you get bad ones. But I was never aware of anything in Liverpool on the scale let's say, Rochdale or Rotherham or anything like that. What it seems to be in Liverpool, there's a hub. And that's where they were wrong sending me today, speaking Belfield because they put me right in where the cruising ground was. The cruising ground in Liverpool is around Chilwall area. And there's actually a house, now don't ask me where it is because I've never seen it, I've just heard it. isn't it? Yeah, well there's a house there, they're called the house of sin or the house of discredit can be called yeah. as well and they take these young boys there it's nearly always young boys and they take them there to have a good time with the police and crime Commissioner, at the home office all that know about this place they've never shown any interest at but I can't say where it is because I've never seen, i just heard about it but well, that's where to go they
2: go all. Find out.
1: but they, and, but they just don't and this and what Stop me in my tracks. And this is what brought everything to an end. And I thought, I can't go any further. I made the mistake, Sean, of getting onto the... Because what is the IOPC, as it's called now, it used to be the IPCC. There was a big thing with the um, Home Affairs Select Committee in Parliament, headed by Keith Vass. Right, oh God. And it was about the corruption in the IPCC. Now, let me give you a quick, very quick history of the IPCC. It was started up in... Response to uh, a Stephen Lawrence made to try and sort all that. It's about as independent as the police doing it themselves because the police officers, a lot of them working on the secondment, and some of them were investigating their own forces. So you're not going to get an independent there. Anyway, this was such a big issue. They had to do this. And they upshot was let's change its name like that's going to change the corruption and that's what they did <laughs> they just changed the name and in one part and i got direct onto keith Vass, it said we have to stop using so many officers on second Man's. that's like to- saying let's
2: bury the problem it'll go away though, it, well
1: let's call it the pink bunny people and then yeah. everyone will be convinced but yeah it just um uh, it was all the things that too many officers say and i said wait a minute i looked at the changes that they were saying were happening. And I said, You've got there too many officers. I said, Then you've got there that you should include the HMI, RC, Her Majesty's Inspectors of Constabulary. I said, They believe in police officers. I said, They're investigating themselves. That's the problem. So I said, You're actually saying in one sentence, not, uh, no more officers. I said, Then you're saying more. Totally ignored. Well, I got on to them and thought they've changed. I'll get onto to the IOPC, hopefully give them a chance. So I took this issue with them stop me writing me tracks stop me writing me tracks bitch and talk about a setup. Um I'll never forget it I said to her I gave her all the information she said look if I've left Denton now so you need any questions said please come to me she said I've got all the evidence you need I said come to me and I'll give to you contact me she never once contacted me I didn't even know who was dealing with it and I had to actually phone them up and said look I'm waiting here no one's contacted me He said you're supposed to let me have bleed Know that there's a caseworker on Yeah. So anyway, they told me who the caseworker was. And um, I'm going to name her, because it's in the public domain, Claire Duffy. Because that case will be in the public domain with the IOPC. Claire Duffy is responsible for me giving up because of what she did. Anyway, I got eventually got in touch with her and I said, look, Claire, I said, what's going on? I said, this is serious matter. Said, oh, I'm looking. And she was just so cold. I'm looking into it. Now we're talking about child sex exploitation here and so she was so so cold and I thought I'm not too fussed on this so I said if you need it and contact me right yes 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 I will anyway she slam dunked it she turned around and said it was obvious that I was just trying to stir up trouble I was trying to um, cause embarrassment for the chief constable and all this business and I'd been given the chance to talk about this issue. Now, what she was talking about, and this actually made a slip-up, two officers. Now, when I saw them knocking at my door, I didn't expect this. Two officers came, and one of them, honest to God, frigging, you know that mate, you've gone to America, the big fella, that's in prison. See, Yeah. Well, he'd make him, honest to God, he'd make him look like a little girl, six-year-old girl. <laughs> and I thought, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> so anyway, I said, I said, well, i'll talk to you so i said all right come in and so do saying look this thing about the um Peterfans. so i said yeah i said well unblock the complaint i said don't block the complaint i said and investigators said then i'll give you all the information i said but what's the point of me giving you it now so you can go around said and tip everyone off i said that i know their name i said i'm not doing that so anyway i said some tell the chief constable who was then john murphy i said to unblock it." And I said, to tell you, I'll give you all the information you want. But I said, I'm not giving you the on the sideline. I said, so you can go around and tip all these MPs and councillors off and people in the um, media. I said, that I know which ones is which. I said, I'm not doing that. So I wasn't refusing, sure. But she said I'd refused. I hadn't refused. I said, unblock it. And I will. Anyway, I thought I'll get information from this, from the Freedom of Information. So I asked for all the paperwork. Oh, God, when I got the paperwork through, I was absolutely bouncing. This Claire Duffy, when she said it was obvious, I saw an email in there where she was talking to the, and where she wasn't talking to me, she was talking to the Police and Crime Commissioner's officers. Oh, hello, how are you, PCC? Good morning, all dead nice and sweetness and light. She wouldn't even contact me. So I thought, yeah, we can see what side you're on, can't we, love? And this pause about the officers calling down, she was asking for that paperwork and Jane Kenzie's officer said, oh, it's lost. So I thought, well, if it's lost, she didn't see it, but I had it. I had it mm-hmm. at home and she never asked me for it. So I thought, well, how can she turn around then and say that I refused when she hasn't e- it was clear that I refused said when she hasn't even seen the paperwork because it's lost. Mm-hmm. So I got straight to and said, actually, I said, I've got that paperwork, you should ask me. I said, then you'd see what it actually said. I said, not what Jane Bleed and Kennedy claimed, I said. So anyway, um, I had to put a complaint in about this, Claire We want Total set up. And I said, I want to know, is she a police officer acting on um, segment? I said, she's working on segment with you. Refused point blank. Now, remember, this was a big issue about police officers working on cases with the IPCC. And they refused to confirm. I'm convinced, and I've said this, as far as I'm concerned, she's a police officer. I said, "I'm telling you now." She said, "I know the way a police officer writes, and she's a police officer." Anyway, so that was um, all shoved off. They didn't give a damn. And um, but what she did straight away, Andy Cook and Jane Kendy turned around to me and said, "Oh, you're being vexatious. We don't have to talk to you anymore. You're being vexatious." So she cut it right down. So the IPC, IOPC, have stopped this ever being investigated. Mm. They've stopped it right out. And no one, the Home Office isn't interested. Another person that is interested who I've got real gripes with, who wants to be the next Police and Crime Commissioner, and people need to be aware of this, Steve Rotherham is an MP. Yeah. Bricky. Calls himself Bricky because he used to be on the building sites of his own building, um, company. Now, Bricky La, right, when he was an MP, I got onto him and I said, look, I said, your mate Jay Kennedy I said, it's been all right, bitch here. And I said, she's enabling this cover-up to go on. So I told him, I said, will you help me on this? Anyway, he didn't even reply. I got go, a reply from his um, office monkey, his secretary. And he said, nothing. we're not helping you. Go to your own. Go to Marie Regal. I said, it's no point me going to Marie Regal. I said, she's not going to do anything. I said, she's keeping stummed she that one. I said, she's not going to do anything for me, which she hasn't done. And I've accused her outright and no one. I've accused her outright John while and she's never, I said, go on, to me, I said, I said, you know, I said, what's going on there, I've said, wild and loud. Anyway, um, next thing, he becomes the Metro Mayor, so he's not an MP anymore, so he can get involved. He yeah. said he couldn't get involved because he was an MP, he couldn't get involved in another MP's case. So I thought, Rice. Right now you're not an MP so I got on to him and said dear Metro Mayor I said do you remember when I came to you with this said well you're not now an MP so I said you can get involved oh no I can't get involved he said because I can't tell Jane Kennedy what to do his best friend but the interesting thing about Steve Rotherham is this right Steve Rotherham was boasting he was helping Tom Watson who was behind all this Westminster
2: yeah
1: so he was helping him behind the scenes so he couldn't get involved in anyone else's work So, and he was also tweeting out as well oh the poor girls in Rotherham and those officers being bullied into changing their um, statements in West Yorkshire Police how terrible it was but yet when he's told it's happening in his own playground he doesn't want to know so you're saying it's all
0: propaganda coming out from the top police press oh yeah so, in conclusion, then, because we've run out of st- um, studio time, <coughs> what would you like to tell the world from your experience in the police about how this is all? Just in, just in summary, like, is there any, is there any hope? I mean, you've you've come in and give this detailed, mm. you know, all the levels you've gone through to blow the whistle on the paedophile rings and police corruption. You've you've you really detailed that brilliantly today, mm. and my heart goes out to what you've been through. And people are going to be watching this. They're probably going to be thinking, is there any hope for the world? You know, if, the, if the people in charge of the police are supposed to be protecting these kids are just covering this up left and right, what what hope is there for the world? We haven't there's, got no hope. There's always... Look, there's always hope,
1: right? But what has to happen... I mean, as for police force, and they're the ones that are holding it, but don't forget, always they're holding it because... Go. This, all the, you'll never get it clean. As I say, you'd have to... Start from scratch, which you can't do, it's impossible. But I'll say it again Niche, if anyone ever has the impetus and has the power, or any MP out there or minister wants to take up this issue, that once someone mentions that they know there are names on Niche, that Niche has to be opened up an investigation cannot be stopped, especially when it's something as serious as child sex abuse. And the chief constable, like Andy Cook, can't turn around and say, no, I am not going to look into this because it's my decision. Uh, the police, be. ones can
2: open that.
0: The Home Office can, yeah.
1: Oh, the Home Office no. The Home Office would have known about several everyone. They would have known about all of them. So the they top police
0: then, like in America, you vote for the police and things mm. like this, but it's different here. Is it the politicians that put the top police in? It's not the public.
1: Well, this is what the police say. They they don't put the aim um, police in. No, that's they used to be the aim um, police authorities, which were councils and MPs. Yeah. Now it's the Police and Crime Commission. So one person... And if you've got a corrupt Police and Crime Commissioner... <laughs> you haven't got a chance.
0: You haven't got a so chance. So there really is no hope.
1: There's, well, there's no hope from that side of it. But some of them... You have got some Police and Crime Commissioners... Who have sort of made moves and you think they're on. We're just unlucky in this city. We've got a right shit one. And, um, but the thing is about... This was saying... Niche has to be... Someone has to champion that. I've tried. Not interested survivors are too much interested in chasing bleeding things like epstein so yeah epstein's important i'm not saying that sean but i'm saying it's looking they want the monsters and when they're looking for the big monsters they're forgetting that let's put this way epstein's dick savile's dick didn't hear any more than your local cancer no one knows who he is dick you know they all matter but we've got to start safeguarding the children. I'll tell you now, in 15, 20 years' time, there's going to be a flux of people come forward again, saying, why did you abandon us? And that's going to happen. So, people, But there is hope, but you have to wait for it to, someone to have interest
0: for it. So them. your testimony corroborates the testimony of the other police we've had on here Four police now I think we're up to. I'm going to start an ex-cop playlist on YouTube. That will be in the description box below this video if you want to click over and check out any of these other police interviews. So this is going on in London. This is going on in Manchester. This is going on in Liverpool. It just looks like it's completely happening across the country. And how can people support you, Anne, and find out about you?
1: Well, I say I'm not campaigning them.
0: I've gone as far as I can go. Do you want people to click over to your YouTube channel? Well,
1: they can click, they'll find all the days
0: on my YouTube channel. I'll put the link to your YouTube channel in the description yeah. box below this. Because you get all the days, and I say it's going to take
1: me months to come out with, it. and I'm telling it, as I know us. But if you're looking for anything spooky, like satanic rings and stuff like that, you're not going to find it. You'll find what I know and what I see, and the truth can sometimes be a bit less exciting than the and straightforward than you know. Popular. But you know what?
0: What you said today is completely horrific. Mm. You've detailed the nuts and bolts at, at the level of all oh, yeah. you know, all the, the times you you blew the whistle and the appeals and the bureaucracy and. Oh, I've it's, got, it's just a complete quagmire. The paper is like that and people said, if write a
1: book, write a book. I can't be bothered, Sean, because no one's going to be interested in it. no it isn't. But it's like that and to put that all in a book would be absolutely, you'd have a huge encyclopedia of a book. But the end issue is stop thinking about, oh my God, look, there's a famous person and start also looking to what's happening around you. And I say to these survivors, name one person, one child you saved one child that's suffering now, you're saved. And if you can't, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, all these campaigners that are around uh, that are going on about it, talking about what they went through. Yeah, it's important that you talk about what you went through because it gets out the line of taboo. But until you bring me evidence that you're saving a child now, you know, that's when we'll know we're getting somewhere. We've got to start focusing on what's happening now, not what happened 40, 30 years ago. It's important, John. I'm not saying it isn't. It's important. People need closure. But with Carl Beach now, you're going to find getting that closer even harder.
0: It's just you're so prolific as well. It's yeah. just not being stopped. It's all being blocked and covered oh, yeah. up. So we've just got a few people. We've got a fan who sent us some gifts. Someone oh sent yeah. you a t-shirt. Yeah, I have to get the um, I had a piece of paper. We
2: went with it. So we've got that
0: t-shirt and got the t-shirt in here with the, with these. I I want to do it tomorrow. I remember. Okay, yeah, let's do that tomorrow. I would like to thank the person who sent me the skull shaver. It's got four. It's got four. We're not sponsored by anyone. We're taking the piss out of sponsors so we get a sponsor. It's, it'll happen soon, perhaps. But we do get people sending us free stuff just for a shout out. I like so. absolute vodka as well. <laughs> it's got four heads. Oh, the good then. Are you, are you, are you, not on you are you yeah. adept, are you adept you with this you get shavers
1: though? like that
0: do you want to give me a go see it's a brilliant
1: <laughs> it tickles there we go Got a shiny head now. and do you know what remember right I'll switch it off oh
0: yeah it's at the to back I'll tell
1: you what you'll know you take the top out and to clean the out. these little things here okay because they get full of your hair yeah I've not cleaned it yet um,
0: All right. Hope you've enjoyed this one. Put your comments down below. Take care out there. Cheers. (laughs) Bye-bye.